What's up, guys? Welcome back. What is going on? What's up? Welcome What's back, good? I-90 Sports Nation. Welcome back, Chicago sports fans. Welcome back, Boston sports fans. How we doing? It's been an eventful week, uh, gentlemen. I have my Man. my good friend as usual and uh, comrade JD in the house. What's up, man? And Dude, I'm good. We got the resident, uh, the resident. We should call him. Uh, what what should we call him? Jack of all trades, a little bit of everything. Old fart producer. executive producer. <laughs> Old fart. Old fart. The executive producer in the house, Ross. But it was a uh, eventful week, gentlemen, in sports, to say the least. Um, but we got a we got a, a really packed show today. We got about twelve, a dozen different topics to talk about, and uh, let's let's dive right in, man. Let's uh, let's jump right into it, and let's try. Uh, we will get on the uh, get back on the uh, up yours Houston Astros Express. And headed back to the Windy City. And we will start there in Chicago with the Bears and Packers recap. Uh, JD, take it away, brother. I want your initial thoughts first, and then we'll just dive into the questions. We got to start. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we just, I mean, ha, ha, we have to start with the 100 year rivalry. We have to. We absolutely have to. So, what can I what can I say about it, man? It's been a hundred years. <clears throat> it's been it's been a lot of a lot of different eras, and this entire era has been defined by one guy, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's been absolutely dominant, um, and it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I, I think that <clears throat> what I can take away from that game is that the Bears have an absolute ton to work with. They have an absolute ton of talent. They uh, they they were in the game. Very much so for three and a half quarters, maybe even a little bit into the fourth quarter, you could say they're still in the game. And <clears throat> they played good. I mean, they, they played really well. Uh, a few key, big, big key mistakes by uh, young quarterback Justin Fields, obviously, uh, was the definition, was uh, defined the entire game. And, uh, <clears throat> and it defined the entire game. And basically, what I would say is that. Aaron Rodgers is right. He does own the Bears. Uh, ultimately, we have a lot to to build on. Yes, we have a huge, we have a really, really good foundation. But there's so much more uh, to be done. There's so much more to be done in Chicago, uh, and and Aaron Rodgers exposed us. He exposed uh, us for the wannabes that we are. But uh, what what is your thoughts as an outsider? <clears throat> um, I'll tell you one thing. As an outsider. Just, you know, a fan of neither team and just a fan of football in general. I mean, not only a fan of the Patriots, but a fan of football in general. That was an entertaining game, man. That was that was an entertaining game to watch um, to see the the kind of the the young buck take on the old, you know, take on the old bull, the old bull there, Aaron Rodgers and and company. That was that was an entertaining game to watch. And um, I, I, I totally, totally agree with you, I think. Outside of a few key mistakes and bad time, just bad times, um, the uh, I, I mean, I made a couple of notes down here, and I want to. I'll run them by you, and you you um, tell me what you think. So, one thing that I just from watching that game, um, the defense for the Bears again, it just, it's from the start of the year, JD, from Solid. week one on to now, they've they've been they've they started off slow. And they, but they've gradually like 
Like they've there's been more than two or three games that they're the the sole reason you guys are in those games. Like like the Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack and the front seven, they kept they kept you guys in that Packer game for pretty much three and a half quarters. They they held strong, man. Like it was I was I was impressed again with the Chicago D. No, yeah, I, I agree. And the defense, the defense was uh, beyond impressive. They, they have been all year. They're they're young. They're athletic. They're in. Uh, Khalil Mack is in his prime. Uh, the problem is, I feel like I, I hope, rather, I hope that we don't miss Khalil Mack's prime. You know, we got a couple more years in the window. We have some clear weaknesses on the defense. Um, but this is what I'll say: <clears throat> we are. The Bears' defense already, even at a young age, even at even at this young stage, they're tough. To, they're tough to beat. You have to. It takes them a long time. Like Rodgers had to break them down. It took him about three quarters to really wear them out, and then he, he did what he wanted after that. Um, and and that's just and that's just the way it goes with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he he figures out ways to do things. But but yes, I agree with you. The defense is solid already. Already at the young age that they're at. Very, very solid. Lots to build on. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's hard to argue with, with that point. Can we talk about that Mac attack? Khalil Mack. <laughs> like, he's a monster. I, it's, uh, he's he's in the prime of his career right now, dude, and I am willing to bet that Vegas is looking at that going, man, I wish we didn't get rid of that. Because he is, along with Roquan Smith, and it's good see, you know who the biggest beneficiary of of Khalil Mack being who he is? Roquan, probably it's Ro- it's everyone. Roquan, but yeah, Roquan Smith and Johnson. It's the it's yep, that other yep, side yep. of the defense. That other side of the defense because you have to plan. Um, you have to, dude. He's a home wrecker. He he's a home wrecker and a game wrecker. And you you always need to know where he is on the field at any given time. And then Roquan kind of gets lost, you know, he gets, you know, lost in translation and he's able to make, you know, I've seen him make a couple of really good plays because the the offense was so focused on, on Mac. You, you said, it. I mean, like Mac is, he is a, if you start getting momentum in one area, Mac will just turn the energy up, get a nice, you know, tackle for loss or a solid sack. This guy can really do it all. Um, but the thing is, Mac, he really, Mac is that it's his very best. I've noticed when he has a solid um, secondary, when the secondary is playing well, Mac can do anything. He can just feast on everyone. But uh, if, if there's a, if there's a weakness that's being exploited or if they're tired, they're being worn out. Like we saw in the fourth quarter, what are you going to do? I mean, like Mac is, he's only one man. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he can only yeah. do so much. So, um, so that, that kind of leads me into my next note for the deep, for the, just on the defensive side, they, so obviously they, they held strong for a lot of the game, like three and a half quarters. Oh yeah. But I mean, what, what do the, what do the good quarterbacks do over time? It, it's throughout, they just wear them out. It's they, mm-hmm. the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, the Drew Brees, the Peyton Manning, the Ben Roethlisberger, these guys, they just keep. They'll they just keep chipping away and keep hammering away at these good defenses, right? And sooner or later, if you keep them on the field for 35 plus minutes, you know, come that final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, 
there's just nothing. There's nothing left. You know, they've literally exhausted every ounce of energy. And I think that's, to me, that's exactly what happened to Chicago because the the final quarter is what really, really sunk the Bears because they just, you could see they were, there was, they were trying, but there just was no, they're just, Rodgers and company just wore them out. Just wore them out. We needed Justin to take that step. He's just not there yet. He's not there yet, and it's okay. It's all right, guys. Like fellow Bears Nation, everyone who's watching this, like it's okay. We're not. It's not the end of the world. It takes guys a little bit of time, and uh, we're going to talk about it later. But Dak Prescott is the perfect example of be patient. If you have potential, let it ride. You know what I mean? Don't like let it ride. See if you can get some wins with that potential, and see if you can build off of it. Justin Fields is not a lost cause by any means. He has some issues. He has some problems. These are the probably the things that Matt Nagy didn't want to, the reason why he didn't want to start him to begin with. He had that's the reason. But this is the rookie he's roller coaster, in there. dude. This is the rookie yeah. roller coaster. It is what it is. Exactly. They have to learn. They have to learn. One, they have to learn like their their limits, their limitations. You know, like what what am I capable of right now? And how far can I push things? You know what I mean? They have to learn that, and the only way they can do that is by by making mistakes. And they, in in a way, I kind of give Fields credit because he knew that his. I think he knew he knew that his D was was getting tired, and he was that. I think that a lot some of those some of those throws into into tight windows like that, where it was him just trying to make a play and make a spark, and and you know that that yeah, was just him exactly. trying to. It was him trying to carry, trying to carry the load, and. Mm-hmm. Like you said it perfectly, just because he's not ready right now doesn't mean he won't ever be ready to do it. It's it's a process. These rookie quarterbacks have always have always and will always be their first years. It's a it's a it's an experience for them, man. This game, though, it kind of makes me a little bit like and and it was a Bears fan. I have to give him credit. I I can't take credit for this because it was something I saw on on Facebook. It was a Facebook. uh, It was like a pigskin group or something like it was one of the bears fans talking anyway what they said was it was very interesting and i had mentioned it a few weeks ago but i didn't give it as much thought we matt Nagy is really the person that's holding us back and let, let me let me break it down very quickly so ryan pace has put all of this talent together and ryan pace yes he's missed on some things like he, he's not perfect at all um but i think the person that's so obviously the problem now is Matt Nagy. And, and that's the thing. I, I don't dislike Matt Nagy. I don't have a problem with him, but I think we need a change of direction. And I think that Ryan Pace, in order to keep his job too going forward, should consider somebody like Jim Harbaugh. And I know it's a big name drop, but like it makes a lot of sense. It's a defensive coach. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's had a mobile quarterback who he's also had an accurate quarterback. Justin Fields is both. You bring him in. He's got a fiery personality. You take all that talent and you like that's a Super Bowl team in like a couple of years with Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion. What is your thoughts about that? So the the biggest thing that I that I took away kind of for the seat that, that I'm taking away each game from the season from watching Chicago play. They're a young team. They're like they're a young team, dude. Young teams take, you know, take sometimes seasons, not just a season, but seasons to to develop chemistry together with one another, right? And then you add in a rookie quarterback on top of it. So 
Um, you, I think that's part of it. You know, like the, the team, the team is, is just very young and the, the experience, you know, the, I think the experience will come. It, it's you're, you're getting it every, they're getting better. You know, it seems like they're getting better every game. And, and, uh, Jim Harbaugh is an interesting one because I, I, I kind of like that, to be honest, I kind of like that name. Like that would, I think he would, he would, it's a good mix of like new school and old school. Cause Harbaugh is a defensive minded guy and he would embrace the whole like smash mouth Chicago, you know, defense, you know, hard nose D, but at the same time, I think he would be able to integrate the, you know, integrate work i think he would, would be able to work with lazar you know better better than Nagy would um and sometimes it takes a change you know sometimes it takes a change like that to, to sometimes that can be a really good thing a change like from the from a management position like that it can it can it can change stuff but i i um i, I just see him as the weakest link you know Nagy. Like, don't you think he's like the weakest link? Like Sometimes everyone else seems just to don't be fit the new direction of a team, dude. Sometimes coaches just don't fit the new direction that the team's trying to go in. And it's not saying that Nagy's a bad coach. It's just no. saying that the direction of the team is just, I, I just don't think his style meshes well with the, the, the style that they're trying to play. I don't know if he's a great leader. I don't. I just don't know if he's a great leader. That's kind of all I wanted to say. Like, that's my only thoughts of the bears is watching that game. I don't know if Matt Nagy is a great leader. I think he's a good coach. He has a he has good ideas. He he's a good football mind, but is is he a good leader? And I, Jim Harbaugh, I know is a good leader. So I uh, I don't know. It's something I thought of, but that's kind of all I had to say about the Bears. There was there was it was kind of what I expected. You know, I'm just glad we were in the game for as long as we were. Yeah, I'd like to make only one point. Bears fans should be proud right now. They went in for a dogfight. You know, like they shut you out in the second, third quarter. This is going to be really, really quick. But you guys were never out of that ball game. Like, I really don't care what the score says. There was a few choice plays that took you out of that game. But you guys are always in it. Your defense came to play. Your offense, other than the picks and some bad play calling. Like, you guys are in that ball game against the Packers, who are 5-1, and one, who are destined for the playoffs. You guys should be proud. I was entertained, and it was a dogfight, and it was a really, really good game. Any any fans of football watching that game? It was an entertaining game, man. It was it was a, an entertaining game, and it was fun to watch. I I thought I thought into the third quarter that the Bears could actually win that game. I actually did think that they could win that game. They could. I did too. They could. I was be, like, let's go. We can do it. <laughs> I was like, we're right there. <laughs> Come on. And then you because you then, were uh, three and a half quarters, you were right there. You were right, then right there. You could see the, the defense just lose their stamina and, and Rogers start hitting his stride. It was like, oh crap, we're done. <laughs> but it was it was entertaining. So yeah, no, Bears fans should be proud. They got a lot to hold their head about head up this year. Absolutely. But let's so we're gonna go from Chicago back into uh back into Boston, specifically Foxborough, Massachusetts, and into into Gillette. And we will get into the uh, Patriots and Cowboys, uh, some Patriots and Cowboys talk. Um, this was a good game, man. This was this was a a a dog like talk about a dog fight. This was back and forth and back and forth and and uh, 
it was another fun game to watch. Um, but we we got a lot to unpack in this. Um, I uh, <laughs> I um, I wanted to throw things during that game. Ooh. I wanted to throw things. <laughs> Remote controls, beer cans, you know, stuff that was within arm's reach of, of throwing. Once again, Josh McDaniels is taking years and stre- and years off my life and putting uh, unnecessary amounts of stress on my heart. Um, this freaking guy. If we hit, we're you know we should do an entire episode and we'll just call it this freaking guy, <laughs> right? And we serious. Uh, uh, all right. So just allow me to vent for like two minutes. This dude, he is a Twitter meme. And himself, I, I, I can't, I can't wait. This, so, I'm not saying Josh. I'm not going to say Josh McDaniels was the whole reason we lost, but for the fourth game in a row, he was more than fifty percent of the reason why. It's, and it's just more of the the same issues. It's it's the the. Big plays, and I mean like big plays, like like big third downs that that you mm-hmm. need to get to keep the chains moving to to squash the Dallas momentum. You know, like big change, like game, like game altering moments, and you come away from a, a drive in that moment on like a third and six that you need to get, and it's like two bubble screens in a row, or like a run up the middle and then a bubble screen, it, it, and then a bubble screen, and it's it's. Like it'll, it'll like the, the run up the middle will be like minus one yards and then the bubble yep. screen will, will go for four and it's it's fourth and two and you got a punt and it's like I can't that that's a nightmare that repeats in my head over and over and over again with him and it's just I don't I don't understand for the life of me Mac Jones has proven that he can throw accurately right that he can put velocity on a football and he can it into a tight window if you need him to if you need him to to make a throw he's proven that he can hit the back shoulder throws he can hit the slant routes he's he's done it that throw to nelson aguilar across the middle of the field pats nation knows what i'm talking about that throw to nelson aguilar across the middle of the field wide open and it hits him right in the hands and he drops it but that was a perfect football he couldn't have thrown that any better and yet they don't. Once again, Josh and because like, I and they don't. Bill Belichick's part of this too because you like you said mm-hmm. you had said that there's no way that there's no way that that Bill Belichick does not go over the game plan with McDaniel's. They don't. There's no way he doesn't look at it. You know, both of them don't look at it. You know, there's no way. So and if he's on board with this kind of conservative stuff. That I'm not gonna lie, dude. That's concerning to me because let, the league's evolving, JD. The league, the league is evolving, and you need to evolve with it. Like I'm not saying Bill's a bad coach, but or like, oh, let's fire him because he's not. But you have to evolve sure. with things, you know. And you have a new like the situation's different. You don't have Tom Brady anymore. He's gone. You got to accept it. This is a new quarterback. You got to do things differently. You can't. You can't be that. You can't be that guy. You can't be the same. Like, and he's trying to be the same guy he was with Belichick, and it's just, just seems like it's not working. And it's like 
beating it's like banging your head into a brick wall oh it's it's the same thing over and over like they gotta just take the training wheels off the kid and just let him throw it 36 times 38 times a game and and just see what happens like see what happens you know I don't know. I, I'm, 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 so, what, what, so what are your thoughts on it? I think that, like, I think I think that, well, I think that you guys are so used to seeing a dynamic playbook that maybe it's just not, like, what you're used to seeing um, with Mac Jones and maybe Mac, or excuse me, maybe McDaniels, maybe that's all he trusts him with. Um, and maybe he's wrong. Maybe you're right that he's that he's wrong to only trust him with that. Maybe you should let him let it fly. Uh, is, is McDaniels worried that Mac Jones will get exposed? Should he be worried about that? You know, sometimes it's okay to be exposed. Sometimes it's okay to like go out there and have a shitty game and then come back the next week and you're, you're better for it. So, but this, here's my thoughts about that game though. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, that was kind of my uh, points addressing uh, your thoughts on McDaniels because like, I, I do think that, Actually, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I think that the game plan was relatively successful um, because if it wasn't successful, this would be a blowout uh, because the Cowboys are really good. And I hate to say it because, like, just saying that. Doesn't, like, it, doesn't it hurt your soul having to it say does. It, it does, Karam, in the chat, and every other Cowboys fan, Pat, and everybody else. It really hurts to say that. But like I, I did watch the game uh, a, a lot of, and I watched the um, turning point and a couple other things about it. And it's just the Cowboys are just are they're damn good, man. They're damn good team. So uh, I don't think the Patriots even came close to the talent that the Cowboys had, and they out coached in my from my eyes. But I didn't watch play by play by play. You know what I mean? I kind of like watched everything else looked yeah, at the stats. The yeah, I thought yeah. they were more yeah and when I watched the um anyway I watched this the show but anyway uh and it broke down the game a little bit I thought that the the Patriots outcoached the um the Cowboys but that Dak Prescott's a better player and that the Cowboys have better talent than the, than the Patriots what's your thoughts on that so so go go ahead Ross go ahead <laughs> I have a bit of a bone to pick in Situational game management. Situational game management. It's not something we've had to worry about in New England for a very long time. And conservative has always been the the name of the game in New England. My problem is, is you have a team that's as explosive and damaging as the Cowboys who could score with the worst defense probably, probably in the bottom, what, 10, bottom five, of defenses, these Cowboys, they shut us down for two quarters of football. We punted five times. We only got 17 first downs in the entire game. He could not make a field goal happen in a half of a football game. We punted on times where we're inches away with running backs running five yards per carry and receivers catching balls. There wasn't that many drops in this game. I just feel like at the end of the day, at times we gave up on our offense. We did not. And any team that spends $100 million on players and only uses them five times in a game, which is our tight end core, they use the running backs more in the passing game than they use the tight ends. You can't win ball games. Like See, that. yeah, and, and, and I Jake, agree with that. This, right? 
they spent $87.5 million on those two tight ends. And they've yeah, thrown to him in, in like in six in six games, they've thrown to him 24, 20, uh, 20 times. That's not enough, dude. That is in no way. And that is the play time. calling, in my opinion, because something something you want to get if you're you got a young quarterback, you want to use tight ends more. Like that's just something that you want to use, that's in my outlet. opinion. That's your emergency outlet, usually, you know. And we got was we got oh and we got murdered by time of possession. Our defense by the half of the third quarter was completely gassed out. Was completely gassed out. Josh McDaniels could not keep the offense on the field long enough to give our defense any sort of rest. So what happened was we, as you saw, it all opened up towards the end of the game into overtime. That's where we got stuck. And I blame most of this loss, unfortunately, on Josh McDaniels and his inability to keep the offense on the field and at least get down the field in driving situations and at least get a field goal. If we had two field goals in those shutout quarters, we would have won this ball game. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. You're right. This game was definitely on the table. Like, it wasn't – yeah, there was never a point in the game, in my opinion, that the, the, the Patriots were out of it. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I mean, it comes so down to the coaches. Here's my thing, right? They – the Cowboys – the Cowboys stepped up in big moments when they had to. So I have a few, just a couple of major, major pointers here. Um, the Cowboys made the plays when they had to in big moments, whether it was their offense, their defense, they stepped up and they made plays and they won. You know, they, they, they made the big plays when they needed to, you know, that strip sack from Randy Gregory on Mac Jones. They got the football, you know what I mean? That was that's a huge, that's a huge momentum changing play. You know, the the tackle gets beat. You know, the, the Patriots ta- Justin Haran gets beat. Randy Gregory eats his lunch and then goes and almost, you know, and tackles, you know, put tackles Mac into a different dimension. Mm-hmm. And then so here's 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 where what it re- what really gets me, right? Here's what really gets me. They so the Pats defense stopped the stopped the Cowboys um three times and got the football back, right? The last one being at two minutes and forty um the last one being at two minutes and forty two seconds. And this is the one that like I literally um if if there was I'm lucky I didn't have a beer can or a remote or something within arm's length because I would have thrown it. <laughs> Cause this, this, so we got the football back with two minutes and 42 seconds, right? We get two first downs and that game is over. You know, that game is over. We get two first downs and that game is over. So what's that? Maybe what, what's two first downs, you know, call it maybe let's, let's say 10 plays, you know, you get 10 plays to make two first downs and McDaniel's couldn't even do that. Like he couldn't scheme up 10 plays enough to literally run the clock out on Dallas. There was 242 on the clock when we got the ball back. And when we gave the ball back to Dak for his game tying drive on the on the the one that set the field goal up, right? The one that set the field goal up, we gave the football back to them with two minutes and 28 seconds. So what's that? 20 
18 seconds, 20 seconds off. The, that's all he managed to take off the clock. Like, right. That's on him. That's that's his job to be like, how am I going to run this clock out and give Dak the football with 30 seconds instead of two and a half minutes? Like that. That's a failure on him as an offensive coordinator. I don't care how bad your offensive line is. Run it three times, and you know, run the ball three times. Run it into the middle of the run it in the middle of the field, um, and and, and get it. You know, waste your you know waste the thirty seconds on the play clock, and then kick it. And Dak has, you know, Dak would have forty eight seconds instead of you know two and a half minutes. All right. So oh, yeah, and uh, and then so. This yeah. one, this is a big one too. Um, one of the Pat nineteen eighty Pat in the chat says, "Don't forget about the third and twenty-five. So, mm-hmm. defense, right. so here's a, here's an example on the defense that just aggravate the, the microcosm of the game, right? And then we'll move on. Then we'll move on to the to the next subject, right? Microcosm of the game. It's third and twenty-five. Dak throws a dart and gets twenty-four of that back. They get fourth and one, and they go for it and get three. They go for it and get three yards and get the, and get another set of downs. They're good. <laughs> That's um, um, giving up on your team. That that's well. That's just I don't know how I don't know how that's uh, right. Um, I don't know how that's that's possible. You know, like like that's not that's that's not good. For third and twenty five, and you can't get a team off the field. And then yeah, you, not only exactly. you give the twenty-five up, but you give up the fourth and one, that you know that keeps the drive going. It's th- this like this was just a offensive and defensive nightmare for them at the end of the game. They in the second half, the Patriots could not get out of their own way. The first half, McDaniel's I will give him credit. The first half, things were dynamic. They was setting things up. He would you you know he was he was good. Um, I'll I'll give it to him, but I don't know what happened. But the second half, things just fell apart. Dallas, Dallas is Dallas and Dak Prescott are too good of a team for they, they just they put their foot. They saw that we were had weakness in the second half, put their foot on the throttle, and never looked back. Well, I mean, does Belichick? He gets Belichick has to get some blame here too, though, because yeah, anytime, no, yeah, absolutely. anytime you score thirty five. Your defensive coach, just saying. Uh, both both of them get some blame. I, I agree. It's definitely not on Mac Jones here. That's all. That's all I would say. It's on the coaches. No, absolutely. It's it's. There's multiple issues that they have got to work out. Or this is this is not going to be a good year until they fix. You know, until they um, they fix some of these issues. But now we are going to switch. Uh, we're going to switch sports, and we're going to go back down the. We're going to go back down the pike on the uh, up yours Houston Astros Express right back into the windy. Say, hey, BTG with a, nice, a $10 donation. Appreciate you, buddy. Say, love you, buddy. Keep crushing it. Back to work. Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you, BTG. It, Shout out to you, bud. Appreciate it. You know how we are. We always, we're always working, man. Salute. Hell yeah. Thank you, bud. So let's head back into Chicago, JD, and we're going to kind of switch up some sports. We're going to switch the sports up here to from the football field to the court. And uh, yep. let's um, <clears throat> let's talk some uh, some Chicago Bulls here. 
and they get a big win uh, for the season opener over the Detroit Pistons. And once again, I watched, uh, I got to see some of this game. The uh, I'll say this, man, that Vucevic is going to be a problem. Vucevic is going to be a problem for the, for out for the league. He's bro. He's, he's better than I thought he was. I, I, I fully like, I was like, yeah, he'll be good. No, he's, he's going to be with how he works down in the paint and how big he is and how he sets other people up. He's going to be a problem, but I'll, I, I want to know what you think on that game. So I'll, I'll let you take it away. For sure, man. The, the, there was, uh, it's nice. Finally, for the first time in it's 2015, 16, something like that, since Jimmy Butler left. Since Jimmy Butler left, the Bulls have never expected to win a game. They've, they haven't expected to win anything. Bulls fans haven't expected us to, to win anything. But here's the thing. We expected to win this game. We expected to win this game, and Levine's expected to win this game. Um, and he and he talked about it after the game. They asked him about it, and he said that you know the past is behind us. The last like four, five, six years, it's been a failure. It's totally behind us. We have a new roster. We have a new culture. Um, and Levine is one of the only guys that's still that's still you know the starter. I mean, from from the last uh, regime, they pretty much got rid of everyone. Wendell Carter is gone. Otto Porter is gone. Everybody's gone. Everyone that you that you thought maybe should be gone is gone. And everybody that you hoped would be here is here. So Chicago, I mean, it's 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 absolutely phenomenal uh, to be a Bulls fan and a Bears fan, but mostly a Bulls fan right now because we actually have a legitimate chance at the four seed uh, in the East. Four to four to six seed is what I'm was what I'm predicting at this moment. Um, <clears throat> what I you talk about Vucevic? Vucevic is a top five center in this league. When you have a top five center in this league, uh, I mean that that's that's one dimension of the game taken care of, like. You have a strong post game. There's not that many post players this in the league anymore. So if you have one, that's one dimension that you have taken care of. One guy that I that I compare Vucevic to that um, I would say is a little bit better than Vucevic, but doesn't get the stats and is heavily underrated in my opinion is Brook Lopez. But um, that's neither here nor there. But regardless, when you have guys like that, you have a chance to win in this league. And then you got you surround him with playmakers like them. I mean, we've talked about it. At a bunch and uh yeah <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's phenomenal and the pistons they had no chance especially when they when uh they started rolling at the end um there's a level of confidence with these guys all of the main guys in the, in the chicago bulls core are hitting their peak right now in their career so this is exciting to see we'll see what these guys become I was, yeah, well, sorry. I just wanted to pass it to. What do you think, yeah. Ross? Oh, yeah. dude, you're center. You're center. Oh my god! Like one of the he, best. He ran those boards. Like there was no one that could touch him. Fifteen rebounds on the day. I mean, fifteen points. But again, he held that team together. You yeah, know, but can you imagine rebounds and fifteen points? Is I mean, that's for a center. You can't yeah. ask much more about that's 15 extra chances. And I, I just love that dogfight mentality out of this team. It's just like all the points scored in the paint, like half the points were scored in the paint. Like that's a dogfight in a basketball game. It was not, it was fun to see. It really was. It's, it's really exciting. Um, 
it, it's really exciting to yeah to watch the think, Bulls be back in it. You know, you know what too. You know what was what was interesting to see about that Bulls game, JD, is with with now you actually have more than just one threat to worry about on the court. So Zach Levine is a mismatch nightmare, and he gets that you could tell they work the ball around to try and find the weak spot. You know that he, you know, because a lot of the times the switch, you know, they'll switch and he'll be a mismatch, and. I mean, yesterday he got like, like 34 points effortlessly for him. Like it was, he dropped 34 on, on, on Detroit and it, it looked relatively easy. Um, Exactly. It's a lot easier when you have uh, other guys around you, like DeMar DeRozan ball yeah. and yeah. Um, Huge. Yeah. I think that, like, I, I definitely think he's benefiting from actually having real talent around him, you know? Because they actually they can't just key on him anymore. They can't just say, "Oh, we're just going to shut Levine down, and the Bulls have nothing else." No, you, you can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? That's not the game plan anymore. That's not how you beat the Bulls no more. Mm-hmm. And we took our bench guys and put them on the, or we took our starters and put them on the bench. Sorry, Ross. What were you going to say? Uh no, no. It's just like the only thing I can take away to say negative on your squad there. Like you guys are ninety percent for for freaking three free throws, and then. Like the only negative is the personal fouls, you know. Like both. Yeah, they teams had a lot had, of guys in foul trouble. Yeah, both teams almost had twenty personal fouls. You know, it's. I'd rather take aggression. Yeah. You know what I mean versus yeah. passiveness. Yeah. You know, but it was it, sure. that's like the only negative I can take away from this. <laughs> Great game. Great game. No doubt. I, it's. I think in this, the exciting thing is, I think that like Lonzo Ball. Yeah, and Vucevic and everyone is uh, everyone. All right, peace out, uh, Pat. I think everyone um, is excited for this era of Bulls basketball, and I think that we either have the pieces, we either have the pieces to make a championship team, or we're like one or two pieces away, and that is really exciting. When you're in that, when you're in that mix instead of the lottery mix, it's so exciting. Another thing that that um, Ross kind of kind of brought this to my attention, but more than fifty percent of the points were were scored in the paint. So that that's a that's like down and dirty, and that's that a dogfight. You know what I mean? Like more than <clears throat> half the points were scored in the paint. That's you know that's the Bulls driving. You know what I mean? That's that's Levine driving to the basket. That's that's Lonzo Ball driving in the basket. That's Vucevic working down low. You know, that's that's them not. And we do have shooters too. That's the fun thing. It's not, but, but we don't have to. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like that's, that's, that's like them being like, we're not afraid. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to go to the hoop and draw the foul. And, and if we got to, exactly. if we got to score 25 points from the, or 20 points from the line, we'll take it. You know? Well, here's the other thing I was impressed with your defense kind of locked them down. So they didn't have one particularly star player. Don't get me wrong. Jeremiah Grant got 24 points, but a lot of these points are spread out between the entire team on the Pistons. So you guys were doing a good job of not letting one guy kind of break out and start getting hot. You know, I was really kind of impressed with the defense. It's a big deal. I mean, that well, we know offense is not going to be a problem for the Bulls, but 
can they play defense in the you know what I mean down the stretch? So that that is something that they will have to answer the bell. Uh, none of the none of these guys are known particularly for their defense. Um, well, not none of them, maybe a few of them, but not not Levine and not uh, a lot of the key guys on offense are known for their defense. So this will be very interesting to see what happens this year and uh, how they manage this. I'm sorry. We got a question yeah. from the chat specifically. Uh, if you want to pull up uh, Danny Ken Aquatics, we got a little extra time from 645. Um, if you want to pull that up. J.D., what's your response to this? You want to you – Take a swing at that one there, buddy. So I'm trying to re- – so Bulls fans know that if we – if if and when – get it right. Oh, when, when we get it right, okay. Uh, we'll get a championship or two because upper, upper manager will screw it up. See, that's the thing, though. Um, you may not know this, uh, Danikin Aquatics, but we actually got a new GM, uh, Artur- Arturis Karnosovic. Is uh, I'm probably butchering that, but regardless, that's his. Um, we have a new GM, so you would have been right every single year except for the last two years. Uh, they we fired Garpax. We've been set, we've been talking about firing Garpax for about uh, ten years now, but actually, Dana can um, we uh, and I like the AK. upper management. They're I gone. Call, I'm gonna call him AK, but I, I like you guys as yeah. new GM's attitude and mentality. I, I like it. Yeah, AK. Yeah, he's the he's the new GM. So so. Yeah, we don't have that old that old upper management anymore. I'm I'm willing to give these guys a shot until they prove uh, otherwise. Until like we're like five years in and we don't even we don't even sniff the Eastern Conference Finals, then I'll start to question his leadership. But until then, I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is new a good new direction. So I'm excited as a Bears as a Bulls fan. So I mean, so my closing thoughts on this, and then I'll swing it over to you and just and just kind of get what you get what you took out of it. The for game, I mean game for game one, it's it's a good start. That's a good start for them. They held they sure. you know the D held under ninety points and and like Ross said, nobody really was able to get any type of momentum on on the Pistons. They held you know they, for the most part held it down. And I'll tell you, man, that style of play fits them perfect. The way they want to do that work down low with Vucevic and just create mismatches. Um, and then use Vucevic to draw draw guys in, and then just kick it back out. And it, it was it, it was it was it was that they're going to be a problem, man. They're I think our the best player are, uh, is Vucevic, and Levine is our second best player, and I'd say Lonzo Ball is probably our third best player. So we need to feature those guys the the most. Um, maybe Demar Derozan. But regardless, we need to like get the ball moving, and I think that's what this team is doing. And uh, yeah, dominating the paint is uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's going to make us a problem. That that is Bo- <laughs> that's that's hard. Is a big body down low, and he's hard to yeah. move off the block. And once, and that's what they did yesterday. They at times during the game, they just said, you know, they just said, Nicola, just set up, set up down low, and stay down there, man. And there was good six, seven minute stretches where he just he would set up down low and just sit there. And just not, you know what I mean? And they, 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 the Pistons couldn't move, couldn't move him. They couldn't get him out, you know. He's a beast. And, yeah, and that little, and he's a good in close like that. He's real good, dude. Just that little turnaround hook shot, like the little turnaround hook is, is real good for him. And I, I think they're Absolutely. gonna. I think the Bulls. I think the Bulls could impress people this year. I think they could. I think they could. They could surprise people. Well, I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping we do. We have. Uh, 
we have a lot of good match. I think we match up well with a lot of Eastern Conference teams. I don't. I think Joel Embiid uh, would give us problems. I think Giannis would give us problems. But cool. I think that every other team, we can we could probably give them problems. Like the like for instance the Nets. I don't think the Nets are particularly deep. I they're not. I would, they're you know not what I mean? Depth. They don't have any depth. That's their issue. That's been there. That was their issue last year. We're like nine deep, so we could tire you out a little bit. All you guys do is rely on KD the whole time, so that's that's where I'm looking at that. I mean, yeah, the Bucks. I don't. If we <laughs> the Bulls face the Bucks, they're screwed. But every other team, I like our I like our chances. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. It's got to be nice too. It's got to be nice to like finally get, to like get good solid basketball. Because let's be honest, dude. Bears and Bulls run that town. Oh yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, and it's like if you're a baseball fan, you know, if you got to be on the north side to like the Cubs and the south side to like the Sox. Otherwise, yeah, where what are you? <laughs> so. Bears, and Bull- Bears and Bulls are king, though. Oh, yeah, no question. Everybody loves them. We can all come together on that, no matter what baseball team you like. So, so. we're going to stick with basketball. And then we're get we're getting back on the uh, oh man back what on a- the back on the up yours the up yours Houston Astro train and headed back into Boston this time what a game and uh, we're gonna go we're gonna go over the the tough loss that the Celtics uh, Celtics suffered in double it did Pain. take them double overtime to get there though um. Seas lose in a in a, a good game, close game, um, in double overtime, one thirty eight to one thirty four to the New York Knicks. Um, Jalen Brown dropping forty six points last night on New York. He was unstoppable. Um, Robert Williams looked very good at certain stretches. They were the defense was what surprised me. They just there was they 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 struggled. <laughs> they looked good for stretches, and then there was just absolutely nothing for for long stretches of the game. And it was it was definitely concerning. Um, Jason Tatum's lack of I don't want to say participation, but like he he was ice cold, ice ice cold. Not not good. I think he was twenty percent from the field. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He did not have a good night. I mean, Jalen Brown. Hey, you carried, called it. Jalen Brown carried that team. Uh, it was it was lackluster to say the least. Lackluster from Tatum to say the least. Jalen Brown was out of his mind. Good. Um, I did see some improvement from the bench, which is um is I I guess you could say encouraging, but still they're not really where I'd like, you know, I know it's only game one, but still I, I, I don't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm happy about it, but you know, hopefully they can just continue, continue, um, improving the, the, the bench has been our biggest issue for a while now. And that's, that's been their issue. The starting five has been fine. And then the bench has been meh. 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 Um, and like someone's, chat just put it up seven for 30 tatum shot my god seven for 30 mm-hmm. i didn't even know that wow yeah terrible but that's that's a well, huge part say- of you know that's part of why they 
you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are their two, their two top guys that they need to, you know, they need to feed off one another and perform and then they can, they can win that way. Cause you guys got paid. Yeah. yeah you got it. You, you don't just have to focus on one guy, but they, that was, like I said, the scoring was there, obviously 130 points, but just the defense is to me, the major um, was the major, major concern. They just, that was tough, man. Um, well, the Knicks and the Knicks are definitely a respectable team now. Like it's yeah, not like they're the Knicks of old. Yeah, don't don't let me like I don't want to downgrade any. The Knicks are a good team. They they play. True. You know what? You know what their thing that they do well is is they play as a team. Like nobody on that team is overly selfish. That's that's what their biggest strength is. Typical. So you don't know. You can't really key on one guy because they 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 just all share the ball so well. Uh, they'll, yeah, they'll switch. They'll switch who they're who they're gonna run the ball. Who, who excuse me, who they're gonna run the offense through? Uh, periodically, you know, Thibodeau has he he did that uh, throughout his his um, coaching career, uh, and, and it does help. It definitely works. Um, and he's a good defensive coach, uh, very intense, and keeps his players on their toes. Uh, one thing I would say is you were right, man. I mean, not 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 you were right uh, entirely, but like you you did say this off season um, when we talked about Brown and Tatum, you said that you thought Brown was going to have a better year. So far, that's true. Obviously, it's only one game. Uh, you said that Brown is going to make was going to make a bunch of leaps and that he was a more reliable player for the Celtics. Um, and it's like, man, if 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 Tatum and Brown could start playing together well at the same time on both sides of the ball, think of what they could do. Think of think of the of the talent they actually could have. They'd have two guys that'd be like Kawhi and Paul George. If you if you could really get it going, like maximize their their potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Celtics, they're, they're I don't think this is going to be the best year for them because they have a new coach and uh, they're they're building. I mean, they do have Alf Horford. I think that it's going to be interesting. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. What what um, what did you see in that game, Ross? So yeah, so you just you you oh, did sorry. hit it on it. You did hit on it for just one second. You so I think a reason why it was so easy for them to get down into the paint and work into the paint was because Noel Noel Horford was Horford's mm-hmm. stuck in health and product health. Oh, and that's okay. Protocol. Yeah, so that part. he's stuck in. He he's Horford's got the Rona. So yeah, my only so, point I'd like to so make on he's, this game he's stuck in healthy and safety protocols for for I think a week. I think a week. Um, but that's so when you have no big rim protector, you know, when you have no big presence down low, cause they, they tried to use like Robert Williams and, and, you know, they, they tried to use Grant Williams and Robert Williams in tandem to try and defend the rim. And Robert Williams is, is, is good. I mean, he had five blocks, but Horford's just a big dude. You know what I mean? Like he's just a big Horford knows sure. how to use his size to his advantage. And Willie, Robert Williams is still learning. He, um, he's not bad at it, but he's just he's just not a crafty veteran like Horford is. You know what I mean? Like crafty veterans know how to use their size and know how to play guys. And he's still, you know, Robert Williams is still learning that. Like I said, he had five blocks, so it's not like he was bad. Um, wow, five! I didn't the, know that. Holy the crap. one, the one thing that I will say with Williams is, is since he's so young and he's still kind of learning, he gets caught up he over pursues sometimes and it leaves a lane wide open. You know what I mean? He'll over pursue sure. on a rotation 
and it leaves the backs the backside of the you know the backside of the basket wide open. So that would be his one weakness that I Lack that of I've awareness. That, yeah, it's well, it, it yeah, like he just gets caught up and he over pursues. That that would be the one thing that that, that comes in time. Is. Yeah, that's that, something you can coach. You can coach that out of him. You can just you can coach him to just stay home, no always question. stay home. Yeah. I mean, if there's any point I'd like to make at all in this game, I felt like this game was lost and won in the paint. Like, again, you can't have the expectation because most of the stats are pretty in line with each other. It's just when we look at points in the paint, they got 18 more points in the paint than us. You know, that could be yeah. coached. But and insert, just, insert Horford, right? Insert yep. Horford and how much of those 18 go away. You know what I mean? Exactly. How much of those 18 points go away once you insert a real center? Could be the could change the game, the outcome. Yep. So it's it's definitely something to look at. Um I mean, with, it's it's also should be noted that um with Horford and uh Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, these Celtics were one game away from the finals just just yeah. 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. So now that he's back with the Celtics, who knows what could happen? It's it, anything could happen at this point. And you got to add in too, like Ime Udoka first first game coaching. You know, so it's like first game coaching. They so positives, right? First, the, you know, for a first coach, they scored 134 points. So the offense is there clearly. You know what I mean? They just and when they get when they yeah, get Horford sure. back, when they get Horford back, they'll get some defensive assurance and. I think they're going to be okay. This was just a good, you know, I think it was a good starting point. No question. No question. I mean, it, and this is the team, this is a team that, that is, was a fourth seed in the, in the East uh, that, that you lost to. And they added Evan, Evan Fournier, who had an amazing Olympic run, who is, seems to be hitting his, his peak as a player and who hit the game winning shots. So it's like, it's it's one of those things where that three at the end was the that's going to happen. Yeah, that, that three that he hit at the end was the absolute dagger. That was it. Because this went game from, could have gone either way, so you can feel pretty good about that. It went from a six point game. It went from a six point game at that point to a nine, and that was it. That was the that was the dagger. That three pointer that he hit at the end was the dagger. And these guys are your contemporaries too. These are the guys you're going to be fighting for, uh, with uh, for for seed at the end of the of the year probably. So. It, it was interesting, and I think that uh, I think that the Knicks, everyone played well in this situation. It was just a, it was a good game. Period. Yeah, no, it was it was, and for Except those for that, you know, for those outside <laughs> of like Knicks, you know, for those out of for those fans that are just fans of basketball, you know, like for the casual, you know, for the fan just watching for the game, it was the dude double overtime. It's entertaining. Yeah, first most entertaining game of the season so far, easily. <laughs> so uh, no question about that. Can I pose a question to you two? Um, when we have games that are battled in the paint, do we always see a lot of personal fouls? Because if anything, like 24 and 22 personal fouls on each team during that game. What is your thoughts on that? I feel like that was a pretty typically called game. I didn't see yep. an, an outrageous amount of fouls. I, I thought it was pretty. This is this is the way the NBA is called now. Any you mm-hmm. If you sneeze on someone, it's it's a, a foul. Like this is the way yep. they call it now. It's it's ticky tack. It's it's this is the way they this you know. I, I've just come to accept that they they're 
it's not like the 90s, the late 90s, where you can elbow, you know, it takes an elbow in the face to be a, a flagrant Even one. Even the 2000s, know? it's not like yeah. that. You can, yeah, no, it's it's, it's nothing like NBA that. The has, NBA has changed. It's it's gotten, they're very ticky-tack with stuff like that, and I think it's just the way the game's played now. That's all. I think in the in the, in the post, especially these days, um, <clears throat> not necessarily in the NBA or the uh, EuroLeague or even NCAA, but when you're in the NBA, they want you to beat – one second. They want you to beat your opponent without using um, too much force, basically. And if you do use force – it almost has to be like in, in a defensive way. Uh, like Shaq, for instance, he would get called for a charge like almost every single time in today's J and H. That's just a fact. Like he would, he charged everybody all the time. Uh, like if, if they're all they'd have to do, honestly, with Shaq is just keep their feet planted and he would just knock them right over. So that would be a charge. He, I mean, honestly, Popovich did that and it screwed him over a bunch. So actually, it, it did happen with Shaq. And it probably lost him a ring or two, um, but but um, one thing I will say. So that's that's my negative thing I would say about uh, the NBA is that downloads not not as physical. But what, what I will say about excuse me um, the NBA in 2021, and it's very funny because James Harden was was getting mad about it already already game one, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. But like they aren't calling so like you know the play where you're shooting and you dive into the guy and you like release it yeah, and his little his little dive forward is not anymore every time now not anymore it's not getting called anymore so so now he doesn't get that play that's three times a game where he's pissed off and he's just like sorry can't do that anymore so uh, i do like that that is a, a minor improvement hopefully we can uh minimize the stupid uh rules and 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 maximize the like those rules like that. I, I, I like that rule. So um, let's keep it basketball here for a sec. I got a, I got a little, a little, this is kind of off the Celtics and, and uh, off the Celtics and um, uh, um, Bulls bandwagons here. Um, and let's, uh, I have a little a question for or just a topic that I think uh, is kind of interesting, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, this is LeBron's 19th season in the NBA, man. Um, can we just take like a few and just maybe talk about the the evolution of the evolution of LeBron? Because it's he's he's I mean, the dude is still as much as I don't like the guy. Right. I don't like the guy, the person. Right, right. But his skill set on a court is still is still good, still very good. And he's like I said, nineteenth season playing, and he's still playing at a at a really high level. Um, I the evolution that he's gone through is 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 interesting though, because now now it seems that before it was, I want the ball, I want the ball at the end. Give me the ball, my ball. Gimme, 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 right? And now it's it's I mean, with with the Lakers, he was one of the better facilitators on the team when they won the title. You know, no he, doubt, no he's, doubt. He's become a, a distributor of the basketball now, and he's using he's letting other people and the talent around him, you know, win games over being I mean, I'm not saying he well, 
I mean, when you're a player of his stature, Kobe and, and Braun and, and George, like those, those type of guys want the ball at the end of the game. They always want the ball. Mm -hmm. They always want it. Right. Well, he's, he's kind of adapting his game now to be more of a more like now, especially the last like two or two or three seasons, he's a distribution guy. He's not a shoot at the end. It's, it's let me find, let me find the guy who's going to have the best shot and I'll use myself as a decoy and then give him the ball. But I want to, I mean, let, no question. Let, I want to get your, like, 19 seasons is a long time, man. He's he's lasted and played at a high level for a very long time. So LeBron James, there's a lot to say about him. I mean, obviously everyone, uh, you know, everyone talks about LeBron all the time. Like, we have yet to talk about him on this podcast in 15 episodes, which just says a lot about our diversity as a podcast, considering everybody talks about LeBron James. But But now that we are talking about him, um, strictly the basketball player. I'm not going to talk about anything, you know, whether I agree and disagree with anything off the court. It doesn't matter. The um, with, like, it really genuinely like the ball player. It's a ball player. Strictly as a, as a basketball player, no one uh, has evolved, has adapted, has learned, has changed, and has mastered the game of basketball more than LeBron James. LeBron James is obviously – like, okay, <clears throat> I'm probably, you know, you can clip this however you want. Uh, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, but but LeBron James is overall the best basketball player of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like the glory, the the fame, the, the, the love of the game, everything that went along with Jordan is too iconic to say he's not the greatest. And also just the dominance physically or the, the scoring dominance and the, everything like that. But the master, the mastering of the game, LeBron James is the greatest coach in the NBA. He's the greatest coach in the NBA, and he's still playing. Period. I think that's what he's. I think that's what he's asked. That that's what he's acting like now. He's just a coach on the court. He's a coach. He's he's been a coach since. He's been a coach to me since like 2017. He's been a coach since he won that finals with, uh, with um, the Cavs. Sorry, the Cleveland. Um, <clears throat> and the thing is, yes. There's a lot to say about him. There's a lot to say about him. First, you know what I'll start with? I'll start with this. He is, I got, yeah, I got to like get it all out. Yeah, go for it. You, go ahead. The first, go for it. The, the first game. So like last year, uh, you could see the ele the evolution in his game where he wanted to shoot deeper threes to space the floor like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. And just imagine that. Like you are 15 years in your profession and you see someone doing something different. You're like, I want to do that too. And you do it and you take on that too along with the 15 years experience of the game. You it's just, I mean, it's just absolute. He's the greatest overall basketball player in NBA history. Like there's – it's just – it's amazing that he's there's nothing he can't do and there's nothing he can't learn on the basketball court. It's impossible for you to if you doubt LeBron, he will learn it. So um with with that, I have to give him full credit. Uh his, last night he knowledge, shot his knowledge of the game should not and ever like you should not ever like he dude, when it comes to basketball wise, like knowledge of the game and the awareness on the court. He, bro, it's it's uncanny how good it is. He is what he is. He's the greatest, and and that's the, it's just is what it is. And like he's trying to become, and you talked about it, he, how he's trying to facilitate and he's trying to be a coach. He's trying to become now 
like Clay Thompson. He's trying to, and it's unbelievable. Like I saw what he did against the Warriors. He's trying to let Russ and other guys kind of facilitate him into an open shot. Like what kind of like advanced level of basketball do you have to be to like, all right, well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pretend to go over here and then I'll be open for a jump shot. He's the one. So first, first he was the slasher. Then he was Magic Johnson. Now he's Clay Thompson. He does everything. So he's just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. He's, it's 19 years in. He's trying to turn into a jump shooter. And not only just a jump shooter, but a jump shooting point guard. I mean, just like, it's it's unbelievable. Here's what I'll say, though. He's never, ever returning to peak LeBron James in 2018. No, no. But see, I think that this ever. is why the evolution. That this, was, see, this is why I wanted to talk about it because the best. He's, I think ever. he I think he knows and he realizes because he's he's a, he's he's so an incredibly smart. smart basketball mind, right? Basketball mind. He's incredibly absolutely smart, right. And I think he's doing all this, JD, and evolving because he knows he's not he's too old. He's 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 like you just said it. He's not gonna go back. He's not gonna ever be able to go back to prime hmm. LeBron because he no. physically he physically he's done. can't do that kind of stuff now. So in order to survive and stay at a high level and produce and be able to produce and help your team, you as a player have to evolve. Do something. That's, a, that's what he's doing. He's he's become the me guy that I want the ball all the time. Give it to me in the last 30 seconds and let me close this game out to I'll be the decoy and I'll draw everybody to me and I'll give you and I'll give I'll give an open shot. You know, take the open shot. It's the evolution for, for him has it's it really it's it's come full circle. Well, he's I think that he I think that he is. Um, <clears throat> I do want to talk about that, Phil. Uh, cool. Genuine Phil said uh, Jordan over James. And, and I actually agree with you. Uh, but but uh, that's not the point I want to make right now. Uh, what I will say is that um, James is he's he's just. What he wants to do now, and what it would what would behoove of him, is to take less money. What he should do is take less money and or and have less minutes because he would be more effective and he could get more players. Uh, and he would be on fresh. His team. when he did when he was used. He would be fresh and not not tired and not have to worry about injury or anything. Exactly. And, and here's what I would say: I think that LeBron he should adjust his goals um, a little bit. I think that he should he should continue to be a shooter. That's a good idea. I think his only goal now, his goal, he, he should not chase rings anymore. There's no point for that. The ring argument is already gone because Jordan won so, so many rings in such a small period of time. Uh, that's gone. He'll never be the champion Jordan was. It's just never going to happen. But um, And he'll never get back to 2018 LeBron again where he's dropping 50, 10, and 10. To me, 2018 LeBron, you talk about like peaks and 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 primes and stuff like that. I think it was 20, 20, 2016 to 2018 was his peak. 2016 to 2018 was the greatest player in the history of basketball. There's no question. You can't argue it. I'm sorry. You just can't. He carried his like those teams were trash and he just grabbed them by the back of the collar, ripped them to the finals. No one's ever done that before. He just ripped them all the way to the finals. Now he has all of the, and that's the thing, MJ. You say MJ is still the best. 
I kind of agree. He he he's the greatest champion. He just he wins more. It's just like I just have to give LeBron credit. Um, but but um, basically what, what I'll say is, say is LeBron deserves to be on that list of like, like he's right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all you're trying to say. Like Jordan is the 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 Everest. He's the peak. He is. He's the, the guy. No one's going to be six titles in 13 years. And yeah. he like went incognito for two of those years. I mean, you're just never going to get better than that, in my opinion. And, and, and he was the finals MVP six times. I don't think LeBron should ever be the finals MVP again. I don't think he's ever going to drop 50, 10 and 10 in a, in a, in a finals, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but, but 19 years, that's the topic. 19 years. Let me just wrap up with this. It's that's, amazing. That's, that's incredible. And I and I really hope for his sake that he does break Kareem's record. That should be his only goal. Just break Kareem's record. You've made it to eleven finals. That's it. You you can go off and to the sunset. Like, that's a great career. I mean, God. So, anyway, that's he, he, like it's amazing. When it comes to just strictly on the court stuff. He's one of like like we'll just keep it like on the court, right? The basketball prowess and the awareness and the the knowledge of the game is he's oh bro, yeah. he's it's re it's really 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 good. Uh, yeah, there's no one there's there's just no one better I don't think and I think that uh, there's there's very few people there's very few people that you'd want over LeBron period. Like it's maybe Jordan. Some people might prefer Kobe, but besides, like if you're building your team, besides that, Giannis maybe. I, I there's not that many guys. That's it. Yeah, there LeBron may be, there has may had be, an incredible there career. Be, there may be five or six guys that you may want over him. That that's the only people that you can even argue, and, and then the rest you sound ridiculous. Like after that, so he's he's up there. He's and in the, the Mount five Everest. That you would pick before him are like like all time. Like you know, they're like they're the legends, great. the greatest. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that's like for like for instance, some people are like, well, Bird was better. It's like, yeah, maybe for like a couple years, but LeBron's done it for 20 years. Like, so that's just, I mean, his longevity cannot be underestimated too, just how long he's been durability and everything. But yeah, on the on the court, he is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Obviously, yeah, I think Jordan had a longer peak. And he did more with his peak, but yeah, that's for the history people to argue. Also, I think that Le I think that Jordan was more coachable than LeBron was. I think that was his biggest knock. I think if LeBron was more coachable, maybe found a coach and like Spolstra. If LeBron would have just stuck with Eric Spolstra the whole time, stayed in Miami, how many titles would he have? Let me just ask that final question. I, don't I know. say five. I, I say would, at least I, I five. I was going to say I, I would say four, probably four or five. He's got four, so I say he at least gets five. He gets one more, but anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, I that's the thing, Phil. I like Kobe. That's the thing. I like Kobe better than LeBron James too. I'm a fan of Kobe more than LeBron James. I 2005 to 2008 to 2000, I'd say 10. Kobe, that five year window, that was one of my favorite players ever. He was amazing. He was so aggressive every time he got the ball. That ball was going to the rack, or he was going to shoot never, it. Like, dude, never a doubt, never afraid. Too always, God, he's never afraid. Like, always confident. Kobe was something else, dude. Amazing. LeBron is just a coach. He's just he's the brain is is amazing. Yeah, that's anyway. 
there's a lot to say about those guys. We could talk about those guys a whole podcast, but let's we should move on for sure if we if you want to. All right. <laughs> so for I thought, those of you I thought, listening I along on iHeartRadio, oh no, the playback. There is a picture of a crying Ben Simmons up on the up on the podcast here on YouTube. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah I thought you guys would like. So that. the name of this segment is is uh, <laughs> laughing at Ben Simmons because let's laugh at Simmons and the clown show oh, that, that's am. going on with. <laughs> He so too easy. This is JD. This is ridiculous with him. What's going on? So Doc Rivers throws him out of practice for not being mentally or physically engaged. Dude, this 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 saga with him just gets worse and worse. It like literally day by day. There's he. This is a terrible look for him. Like terrible. Oh, it's bad. I mean, it's he looks like a big, big baby. He really does. He looks like a big baby. He, he just that's all I can say. I mean, that's not all I can say about it. But I would you guys want to start? Because I've been I've been it's, going off. So so I'll, uh, all right. So here's here's my take on it. Right. <laughs> I I never liked him for like, I didn't think he was that good from the start. You know, I didn't think he was that good from the start. So so the kid gets drafted way too high. You know, wait. So here's here's why I think he's not out of Philly, out of Philly yet, right? They did him way too high, and they're they don't want to admit that they made a massive, massive mistake. They they <laughs> took him incredibly high, right? And he look like he's just not a good basketball player. Like there's no like like he's just not good. He's just not good. Like and then. So that that's that, right? He's just he's not as good as people touted him to be, and he, you know they they Philly picked him up on a pedestal and put him up there because they need like that that's you know because he was picked so high, so they had to do that. They put him on a pedestal and they they that's you know they they showed off their new shiny toy that they got, and you know, but <laughs> it, in reality, it was like they might have been new and shiny, but it was from the thrift store. You know what I mean? Ben Simmons. Oh yeah. It, it, it was just so I never was a fan from this. Like I always like Philly could have picked Tatum, who was the better player. Oh, sorry. That's true. No, no, that that is that's true. They could have picked Tatum. Uh that is or, or no, was that Fultz? That was the Fultz pick. No, it was Ball or Simmons. Was it Ball or I mean, Simmons? No, no, I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Lonzo Ball or Simmons. I think. They, but they could have picked Fultz over. They could have picked Tatum or either way. They, they could butchered the la, those they could have few drafts. Tatum, Tatum was still available. They could have got could Donovan picked, Mitchell too. I'm pretty sure they could have got a lot of guys over Ben Simmons. And, they uh, and Simmons. so this is yeah. Like, I think this is them doing damage control. If you want me, in my, my opinion. This on is it. what I'll say, Ben Simmons. I I can't blame them for drafting Ben Simmons. I can't because he had the talent of LeBron James coming out. He had, he had, he was like a 85% of what LeBron James was coming out of high school. Here's the problem though. He has the, he has the talent in the body of LeBron James with the mentality of like what Johnny Manziel or something. He, he wants to go to Hollywood. He doesn't want to go to practice. He wants to talk shit about his team. He wants to throw shade on his team when he's actually, he's worse than Johnny Manziel. At least Johnny Manziel showed up to training camp. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> 
I mean, he's just he walks out of train. He's a little baby. Joel Embiid, who by the way, I've gained a sorry, sorry massive. To sorry to interrupt. He's not doing himself any favors either. You know what I mean? This None. is this is one of those times where you just close your mouth and hope the stuff like this just goes away so you can actually continue to play in the NBA. Right. No, yeah, you, you want to keep your money at this point. This is ridiculous, in my opinion. And here's the thing. I don't care. I This isn't bothering me. This is absolutely not bothering me. I'm kind of just, like, chuckling at this. This is, like... <laughs> you're never gonna you're never gonna get this chance again, Ben, to get this like Wait. you're not that good. So you're never gonna get you're never gonna see a contract like this again, I don't think ever, ever. unless you just go absolutely nuts for ever. another team. So like I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think he puts in the work that other guys put in at his at his position and at his talent level. Um I think that he took the criticism. First of all, when you play for a Boston, a Philly, a Chicago, anywhere that's red hot with the fans, the, LA, just LA, any LA. When you play in one of those places, you got to expect the heat, man. You got to just like, you got to roll with the punches or, or shut off the social media. You can't get hung up on what people are saying. And um, here, here's what I'll say about how he played. That's the most important thing. He isn't as bad as they're saying he was, but he's also not even a third as good as he thinks he is. And that's that's the problem. You know what I mean? Like well, the yeah, media is he, saying, oh, he thinks he's this big all-star. He does. <clears throat> because they've already anointed him an all-star because at, he played pretty well and he dates Kylie Jenner. At this point, with the current situation he's in, he should just be happy to still be in the league. I mean, he's he's talented enough to be in this league, but I feel like his no matter what, just based on his passing. But your mentality, when your brain is like all over the place, and I don't know what I'm getting from you. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to pay you shit. Like you're you're going to bounce from team to team until you're out of the league eventually. Uh, and 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 I'm sure the NBL would love to have him back <laughs> in Australia, um, but I. <laughs> No, this is a huge opportunity missed. But here's what I'll say. <clears throat> there's a lot of fingers. There's a lot of blame to go around. But before I get into that, I want I want you guys to I want to hear your takes on uh just just the fact that he's being stupid right now. Before I get into like the the the, the finger pointing cuz I got a lot of fingers to point. You want me to hit it first, Bobby? Uh, so I'm grab my water and listen to you. So or what do you so talking about Simmons? Yeah, dude, he th this is a terrible look for him. This is a terrible, look. terrible. The Absolutely. whole from all from his management team to him to to the way he's like, like all of it, dude, all, all of it. He has him and his his agent and his team like they have they dude. Talk about the worst way possible to handle something. Like that's that's just terrible. Like he looks he looks awful in this. He like pe there is no way, shape, or form anybody's going to even touch him with a twenty foot pole after this is finished. If he's continuing, if he's gonna, if he's gonna continue to go this route and and die on this sword, the the way he's handling it, dude. Nobody is going to touch him. Not, not a single person. And my biggest thing is you are getting the opportunity the pleasure 
of playing in the NBA and getting paid a, a very nice income to play a hobby for money. And you're going to say, I'm not going to run defensive drills. I'm not going to step onto that court to your coach, Doc Rivers, who has been to championships. That's the hill you're going to die on. Like, this is just pathetic. It's immature, and it's time to shut up and play. It really is for him. His best interest going forward is to shut up, go to practice, do what he needs to do, and get out of the stigma because he's got to grow up and quick. Yeah, I don't think like, that – Come on, man. Like, like your best effort in this is to just close your mouth and say nothing. Right, especially if you want to get out. That's the that that is that's actually what I was gonna say is um I don't think that he understands how how trades work, which is <laughs> and, and it's honestly I'm not I'm not even being that mean. Like a lot of people don't understand how a lot of things work, I've found out mm. in life. And this is and this is one of them. I don't think he understands that the more he acts like an absolute jerk and a baby and a clown. The more he acts like that, the less people will trade for him, and the less the less often they'll offer things. Um, but I want to break down, uh, you know, everything involved here. So let's let's take it back, wind it back a couple of years, three years. Um, so you talked about the the draft process, and so I remember everyone was saying trust the process. That was what they said. Trust the process. That's what that's what the Sixers fans said. So. The process was Joel Embiid. That was what they that's literally what his nickname is, the process. But for some reason they started to, to conflate that with Ben Simmons. And the I think Elton Brand, he thought, okay, well, I got Ben Simmons and I got Joel Embiid. I'm never gonna get rid of these guys. These guys are gonna win championships together. And I think early on, within like two years of them being together, so about three years ago, they are maybe two years ago, whatever it is, the, the year that they um the year right before they got Jimmy Butler, right? The year right before they got Jimmy Butler, they just didn't look good in the playoffs. Their chemistry was shit. You saw Ben Simmons unravel a little bit, just like he did last season, way back then, with Joel Embiid. But then they put Jimmy Butler in the mix, and then they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everything was working out well. It didn't matter what uh, Jim, <laughs> what process, what what Jimmy Butler did, or rather what Ben Simmons did, it didn't matter because we had Jimmy Butler to lean on. So when you look at that, that was they had two opportunities to trade Ben Simmons. They saw, hey, it's not really working. Let's trade him. And then <clears throat> it all leads up to this year where, all right, Simmons, it's all on you. There's no Jimmy Butler. Um, and, and you saw what happened. He completely flopped. He, his mentality is weak. He's a baby. And now that people criticized him publicly, now he's crying and he doesn't want to play anymore and he doesn't like you guys and I don't like you and I don't want to play with you guys. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. Well, because he, people called him out for acting like a fool. For not playing well either. He just wasn't good. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's what his coach called him out for. He just wasn't well, that's, playing. That's well. what I mean, like they like he was one. He's not a good basketball player, and they're they're calling him out on it now. And two, his handling of like his handling of this whole situation has been awful. It's been terrible. Absolutely. Um, it's one thing I and and I understand. <clears throat> this is the only point from Simmons that I do understand is that <clears throat> Doc Rivers. Uh, Doc Rivers, um, 
Sorry, I don't know what time it is. My bad. Uh, I'll, I'll finish up with this. But Doc Rivers, he uh, he said he said basically that Simmons wasn't he might not be a championship guy. Uh, and ever since he said that Simmons has been really salty towards Doc Rivers, that's what his agent gave the reason for what he wanted to trade. I, I, I just think that they chose the wrong guy. They should have traded Simmons, kept Jimmy Butler, made him the focal point of the franchise. Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, you probably would have already won a title by now, and that's how I'll end that conversation. Everyone messed up in Philly, and that's where they are. Yeah, no, that was that was handled. Um. Terribly. Terribly. <laughs> I love these memes. These are great. So, JD, let's – um. this is another – so we're going to go back to the NFL, and we're going to – um. I want to talk to you about the Deshaun Watson thing. Not so much what's going on with, with, with him because I think it's all – I think they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes and trying to keep it quiet until they know what's exactly sure. going on. But let's talk like let's talk like hypothetically here. So, um, a Deshaun Watson trade, um, in my mind, so this is just me. I there's to me there are th- there are th- I did some some a little bit of digging here just to find out who kind of has the most cap space available, um, for him now, uh. I came up with three teams. One of these teams, the Miami Dolphins, in 2022, so the beginning of the 2022 season, the Dolphins have $80 million in free cap space. They're going to have $80 million in free cap space. So let's say hypothetically Deshaun will, and it might not even be hypothetically. It could be realistically here, whether it's at the trade deadline or um, at the at the uh, end of the season. Now, there's two teams. So the Dolphins at the end of the season, the so the beginning of the 2022 season, will have the most money. Now, the teams, the two teams that have the most available cap space right now, are the um, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll, I'll say the, the three. So Jacksonville Jaguars, the Eagles, and the Broncos. Those are the three teams that have that right now could give Deshaun 20 million or close to it um, right now. Um, Now, next season is a different story, but I just wanted to talk to, I wanted to ask you um, my three teams, my three destinations for Deshaun Watson would be the Eagles, the Broncos or the Dolphins. Um, And if I'm Deshaun Watson um, and I'm, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I would believe that these guys are fully aware of their shelf life in the NFL and be and looking for money. Miami would probably be the best fit. He's got Devontae Parker there. He's got Waddle. Um, they have the tight end. Uh, they have a, a halfway decent tight end, and there he's got a, a halfway decent minded um, defensive minded coach there in Flores, and he could get eighty million. So. Miami's my, and you know, you get to play in, you know, you'd be down there in Miami in the weather and you don't have to worry about, you know, he'd be living the life, you know, he'd get his money and he'd be living the life, the Miami life. You know what I mean? So that Miami's my destination for him, but the two outliers, the two kind of sleepers, um, the Broncos need a quarterback. And I don't think Jalen, Jalen hurts is the answer for, 
um, Philly. So Philly. I could see him in Philly too. My question to you would be where, where does Watson possibly end up? Mute, mute button. Mute, 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 mute. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think it's got to be either Miami or Denver. Uh, I don't think that there's a, there's any way uh, <clears throat> that Philly or Jacksonville pulls the trigger on this when they have a young guy who's still developing. Um, Hurts, maybe he's not the guy, but I'd probably give it a year or two, maybe draft another quarterback before I pull the trigger on somebody like John Watson, especially if the price tag is higher than I want to spend. Um, but Miami has a defense. They have a good coach. They have a lot of things around that team that, like you said, Parker and, and, and a couple of offensive pieces. So they actually have a team. They, they could pull the trigger on something like Watson plug and play, and it would work out really well. I think, I think uh, the Eagles are in more of a rebuild. I know they have a good offensive line. I'm aware of that. Um, or they did. I don't know if they necessarily do this year. They have uh, a half but, a decent line. The offensive line for the Eagles is is half. It's not really, really good, but it's not really really bad. Yeah, they have a few guys. They they have a yeah. So they have some guys still from that from that uh, Super Bowl team. They're not all gone, uh, but they're still I think in a rebuilding mode. And I think that somebody like Jalen Hurts is is somebody you can trust to. I don't know, just to to maybe even if he's not the guy, he yeah, won't look guy. terrible. For a, for a couple a years until you figure it out until you get a young guy Watson he's already five years in um I'm not saying he's old or anything but I just don't see Philly as the place for him to go I'd see like like you said Denver sure I could see Denver they still got Von Miller they still got a, D, a couple of, they got Chubb uh they, they want to make some moves now so yeah I see Denver and Miami what do you think there Ross uh, I don't want them to go to the fence I do not want that um, we would have Brian to play Flores, him if he went to Miami. Yeah. Twice My a problem year. is Flores, he's one of those guys who can make – he can develop talent. He's doing great things over there, and I am not for it. So I want him to go to the Broncos or I want him to go to the Eagles. I don't even want to discuss if he comes to Miami because that will make our division so much more difficult. I'm hoping they screw up and stay with Tua or somehow just fall out of the running. Um, but for me personally, hell no to the fins. Please go to Philly or Denver. That's my only statement. <laughs> now, I Ross, Pat's Nation, JD as an outsider. Mm-hmm. What if here's a so so all right. First of all, if you're listening on iHeart on the playback, strap your uh tinfoil hat on for a sec and and humor me. All right. What if Deshaun Watson said, I want to treat get me England. Would you give up on Mac and bring Watson in knowing thing with him? Or do you stick with the young kid and go with uh, Jones? So which is going to go first, Ross? Would you give up on, would you give up on Jones and go with the proven Deshaun Watson and know you have, eight to 10 years more of, of, you know, of Watson, or do you stick with the kid? 
Uh, JD, I will start with you. I'm going to take it because I, I just I am exploding. <laughs> I got I got the answer. I know the answer. The answer is 1,000% yes. And here's why. Let me tell you why. Because so I'm you, Bill Belichick. So you, so you would can Jones and take Watson? Can him. Throw him right down to Houston. Get the hell out of here, Mac Jones. I have no problem with you. You've been a great kid. You're awesome. But I got – I'm Bill Belichick, and I have that fishing boat. What is it called? Uh Six rings, rings or something like that. Seven yeah, rings. <laughs> it's waiting for me. It's waiting for me. So I need to get to seven. I need to make it called seven rings. I need to get that thing to call seven rings. And I need to, or or eight. And I need to get the hell out of this ring. He is old as hell, man. Belichick's what is he? Seventy years old now. He wants two more rings, and he wants to get the hell out of there. That's what he wants to do. He wants to. He wants to say, "Hey, Brady, I got my rings. You got yours. You know, right there for you." That's what he wants, and that's all I pretty much have to say. He wants in in Watson with all the baggage. As long as you can, get, Belichick don't care about no baggage. He had Aaron Hernandez on his team. He don't give a shit. So yeah, as long as well, Belichick's the least one to care about baggage. You don't give. He'll make it work. He'll make it work. Um, you don't care. Uh, I've got a middle ground on this. I would, I would grab him, have have Mac Jones sit behind him for two years, learn, develop, and then when Watson is playing at an elite level, top elite level, we trade him for big picks and big money, and then Mac Jones comes in, takes over this offense, and we continue our domination. That's the way I would right. do it. I look at it like a businessman. Because, again, we would only raise Watson's value. And by the time we're ready to trade him, he's at his peak value. And we'll get literally a king's ransom for him. I mean, if you pull that off, I mean, that ain't, that ain't bad. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just – Watson is really, really, really good. Really yes. good, right? Yeah, he's really good. Well, and Belichick you know, can be around that long either, five, but dude, he's five yeah. years in, right? So, all the rookie rust and all that stuff that's been knocked off. You don't got to do that, you know. You don't got to go through two, three, four, two, three seasons of rookie rust. It's off. We know what Watson is. He's a good quarterback. He can throw. He can run. He's he's a good quarterback. So he can duel with Mahomes and Brady. But, but you know, you know, like, you know what he is. So my question to Pat's nation and everybody would be, if he said, I want to go to New England, I want to work, I want to, I want to be a Patriot. Would you, Pat's nation, give up on Jones or would you give up on Jones for Watson or how would you handle the situation? Phil says trade for Watson as soon as possible. I'm going to say something that, that might not be popular in your chat or with you guys. Mac Jones isn't that special. He's good. He's good. He might be. He could turn into Dak Prescott someday. That's his ceiling, but he's not that special. Deshaun Watson is a special talent, and you could win a Super Bowl next year with him. I'm just saying. But see, that's, that's, that's the unknown, though, is like, Mac is undeveloped. Jones is undeveloped. We have no clue right. what his ceiling is, but we That's know true. exactly what we're getting with Deshaun Watson. He was a top Mac. five quarterback in this league. 
On he the was? Texans. On the Texans. The worst team. On the he Texans. Had, he had one receiver. Like, let's be frank here. Like, Deshaun Watson is a talent, a generational talent like Dak. We would be crazy not to put in an offer. It's just a question. It's just, I mean, it's just a hypothetical question. I, I would just, if you're watch, if you're listening on iHeart or you watch on the playback, let me know, let us know in the comments what you would do. I, as, I don't know, man. I, I might, I might do it. I, I'm sorry, like, I might do it. I, I might actually do it. There's a chance to me that that all of this, and I don't know because I'm not in on this i i really so all of this could be complete crap but there's a chance to me based on logic in the story that that watson has done absolutely nothing wrong and that the texans are completely embarrassed and that these allegations are kind of just like you know whatever or maybe i'm put on another tinfoil hat the owner knows some people that can call in some allegations i'm just i don't know because here's the thing here's the timeline based on watson wants to leave houston he hates houston he wants to leave then all of a sudden, all these allegations come in. Then all of a sudden, now oh, he's toxic. We can't trade him or whatever. It looks like McNair. The evolution of this situation has been crazy because it's like it's questionable. What's, what's true? What's not? What's this? What's that? Like, look, look, it's it's a mess. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, <laughs> for sure. That's that's. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. It's it's it, it's a it's mess a nut, and it's man. confusing. It and I don't know what's mess. happening. Well, the most dangerous thing about Watson, he will turn a team into a playoff caliber team, most teams, by just being on the field. And I think you hit it on the head, J.D. Um, I think any team would be crazy, not to at least put their name in the hat and go from there. All right, so um, I'm going to do, let's call it uh, maybe two more topics, and then we'll hit on the Red Sox to finish off. Um, JD, the, uh, we're, we're getting to, getting to the heart of the NFL season here, man. And we're starting to really get to see some of these teams shape up and some of these guys, um, the MVP race is, uh, the NFL MVP race is, is heating up, man. And there's, there's a couple of, I mean, there's, there's a few guys that are really, uh, really standing out to me. Um, I'm going to give you my my top two guys that I think or yeah, my top two guys that I think could, you know, have a have a real chance of winning it um if they continue their their current um current trend, I should say. Um so first of all, Kyla Murray and the Arizona Cardinals in general are just on an absolute freaking tear as of late. Um they like Murray is playing otherworldly right now. He's the way the way that he's got that team going and the motivate like the motivation and just bro, he's he's talk about a massive leap from last like he's he's good, man. Kyler's Kyler's real good. And if I the I mean if he if he uh if he continues if he continues playing the way he's playing, I he's He's got to be top three, you know, one of the top three, top five guys in there. Um, the second one would have to be Derrick Henry. Six touchdowns in two games right now. And he's averaging 136 yards a game. Averaging. 
136 yards a game. The the guy is just on a a like he's he's an army tank with a Ferrari engine. I've never seen a dude as big as him run like that and run as fast as he like that that dude is out of this world. It's insane. The guy's 250 plus and he runs the way he runs. It's it's something to watch, man. But I wanted those are my two guys that I'm going to be that I'm going to be watching. Um but who do you think's got a shot at it? Oh man. <clears throat> well, here's here's what I'll say. Cuz I know we have like a there's like a defensive player of the year, but it but I'll start with this guy first. Uh who no, I think is going to win MVP, defensive man. player of the year. If you think he's MVP, go for it. TJ Watt is I mean it's yeah. only if the only if the the Pittsburgh Steelers uh continue to like if they if they actually make the playoffs get a wild card I would have to give Watt a shout out but here's my number one guy obviously Kyler Murray and Derrick Henry they have to be in this conversation they absolutely have to be but if I I have to throw one guy in the conversation and then I'll throw another sleeper I don't think the sleeper is going to get it but I'll throw it in there but the first guy my number one guy if I had to choose one MVP right now. It's Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott. It just he I, he is he's the MVP, and it's not just the stats. It's not just the ability to play. It's that you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest franchise in American sports, and the pressure is insane. You have hard knocks, which, by the way, guys, here's another stat to think about. I just thought of this the other day when I was in the shower. It's random, I know. But anyway, hard <laughs> hard thoughts knocks. from the shower. It'll be a Thoughts from the shower. Some of the best thoughts are in the shower. But anyway, uh, hard knocks, man. Every team that's been on hard knocks since the Ravens of the early 2000s has sucked. They've sucked. They've been trash except for the Ravens and now the Cowboys of the 2021. So to me, that's mental toughness uh, that you are coming off a major injury and you come in, you look different. Your your arm looks different. Your throwing looks different. All better. Your mentality looks different. The running game looks more effective almost because of Dak Prescott. The running backs didn't really change that much, but because he's so effective throwing – He's got to run, but uh, but it, it is really hard for me to argue against uh, Derrick Henry and Kyler Murray. I want to see the rest of the season, and then I'll make a definitive decision. But I, I those three are just wow. I mean, they they are taking over the league best player too because he's he's dude he's he's one it? of the heart and souls of that that Pittsburgh D, and that dude has a oh what yeah TJ Watt. I'll say this for for I have a few non Patriot players that I do enjoy watching. That dude has a motor that does that dude's got a motor that doesn't quit. He's you want to talk about a guy that you want on your team and you want playing playing for your D. That dude's got a motor that doesn't quit. He reminds me a lot of Matt Judon. Just yep. the, the, like he's he's um he's fun to watch, man. Uh TJ Watts f- fun to watch. He's that dude, like I said, he's got a He's got a motor and an engine that doesn't quit. He 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 plays till the very end of every play. He's he's um he's one of the best defensive players in the league right now. He the guy is just crazy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And he's so young too. He's only going to get better. Yep. I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, for me, honestly, for, it's two players, and it all depends on how far they make it through the playoffs. Tom yeah. Brady, Josh Allen. 
If the, the, if the Steelers go far, good. there's no reason why TJ shouldn't be in the MVP talk. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but offensive quarterbacks on offense, I'm looking at Tom Brady and Josh Allen. If Josh Allen makes a Super Bowl this year, you can almost guarantee he's going to be high on that MVP race. Mm-hmm. Talent, all-around gutsy, young. If he makes the Super Bowl this year, you can write you can write the ticket right now. Josh Allen will be like probably top three in that MVP race. If Tom Brady goes again and wins, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a told story. You know, it's Tom Brady. But for me personally, it's between Tom Brady and Josh Allen. It's Tom Brady definitely is going to have an argument, um, especially just based on the story. Like Tom Brady's always going to have an argument based on the story, especially if he has an elite year. The fact that he's that old, uh, the, I mean, I was, that's, yeah, like, no, that, yeah. that's a really that's How a can really you not? Good, that's a really good point though, because like because of his, you got to like they'll probably throw his age in there that he's forty four years the old, still love doing that. this, and the writers are going to love Dak Prescott too. Um, Mm-hmm. I actually think I'm worried Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, you just talked about it. Well, Josh Allen, the reason I'm not um, – Josh Allen, he definitely will get an MVP in his career, in my opinion. I don't know if it will be this year. This year, he might, though. I mean, it, it dep- like you said, it depends on what happens during down the stretch. We'll, th- this is – I mean, we're not even – what are we, one-third through the season? Not even? A third just of the about. way, I think. I think a third. Yeah, so – we have a long way to go. We will see what happens, but all those guys that we just mentioned, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, um it's going to be an exciting yeah. race. There's like eight guys in there that are re- realistically going to be fighting for it for the like for the season. Yeah, the only reason I don't give Dak Prescott the MVP nod just yet, they got to prove they can make it through the first round of the playoffs. Until that point, I can't look at him legitimately Well, he did it once. He did it once. Yeah, but, but not further he, than that. Yeah, you, that's my problem. And that was he wasn't the best player on the team either. You're, I mean, I'll give you that. He yeah. he was like he was kind of carried that that on that. Um, was that three years see, ago? I just see the Bills uh, and the Bucks as two teams that are destined to make it through the playoffs. It's just I don't see any team right. that can really match up against them. So between those two and those extra games going from the playoffs to the Super Bowl. That's going to make up those numbers that are going to say whether a guy's MVP worthy. I'd be shocked if the Bucks didn't make the NFC title. No, it's it's lining up. It's lining up for the Buccaneers to make the the NFC title game. The schedule just so talented. Yeah, it's lining up that way. So it's yeah. Let's um, let's go down. We're going to hit one one topic real quick here, and then we're going to jump into the Red Sox implosion and, and oh, man. Me, me losing my mind for like until I like run out of gas. I want to hear about that. <laughs> so the last the last topic here, JD. There's a few um, there's um, a few games here that I'd like to, to hit on real quick. Just going, you know, a preview for coming up for the week coming up. The Pats and Jets, um, Patriots and Jets coming up. Ross, this is uh this is a must win for New England, in my opinion. Yeah, Ross and JD. This this is this is a must win game. If we if we lose to the Jets, it it's going to be a morale a morale breaker for the team. It really is. Like I, I thank you. 
You're not going to lose to the Jets. You're not going to lose to the Jets. We have to have this conversation. Let's just say, like, it, it, it's going to be a, a spirit, um, a spirit crusher if, if we lose to them. It, it's just, it, um, it's not going to be good. They, they need to win for, for, for morale's sake and prove that they can, that, that they can, that, that they're not just like the joke of a team. Like, that they're not going to be the you know a three win a four win five win the three win four win five win team they're like they have to prove that they're not you know like that's this is a must win this this is a dire situation here it's 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 not good down in down in there in Foxborough there JD they, they have got to win this weekend um, the Jets are vulnerable the defense is 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 I think sketchy at best the Mac Jones Ooh. should be able to throw on them. They should be able to run effectively. Um, but once again, it all depends on that clown in the pitcher down there, Josh McDaniels. Yep. Um, Ross, I'll just toss it to you real quick. I, I don't have much to say. I just, to me, this is just a must win game, and we need to remove head from Shrinkter and get this ship righted. So, again, for me, very much my biggest complaint about the Patriots so far this season, after six games, I'm going to boil it down. To one statement, and that statement is, we do not use the talent that we have, pure and simple. We do not touch our tight ends. They get five receptions minimum per game lately, if we had to average it. Our running backs have just recently started being used in the past game. We cannot have an offensive coordinator that's afraid to use the talent he has. It has been embarrassingly bad when we when we see what he has come up with for game plans we play down to our competition and then we lose those games we lost to miami on a one point differential we lost to the buccaneers on a one point differential and then last but not least we lost this week to the cowboys with what a one score issue he will not put his foot on the gas, McDaniels, and we are not using the talent we have. If we don't crush the Jets by at least two to three points, we are in a lot of trouble. We're two and four. They are one and four. That's all We're I can one say win right now. better than the Jets right now. That's that's bad. And because they had a bye week. We could have we could have the same record at this point. And records don't lie. This team is better than this. And just the fact that we don't use the talent we have gives me a lot of cause for concern for McDaniels in the long run. This is um, this is how I see it. Uh, last time they won twenty-five to six, the Patriots. I I, I don't think they're going to lose this one. Uh, there are three things that are guaranteed in life, uh, and that's that is. Uh, death, taxes, and Belichick beating the shit out of New- uh, the the Jets. So I, I think that I think I think that he's gonna. When's the last time the Jets even beat Belichick? When's the last time? You need time? to make that into a short. Death, taxes, and Belichick beating the shit out of the Jets. That needs That's, to be a short. That take is phenomenal. It's just a fact. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> thanks for hanging out, Rick. Well, it was twenty-five to six. 
in uh they, in their first match and they picked him off three times yeah i mean this is going to be a slaughter this is going to be a slaughter i i think especially after a really tough game with arguably the best team in the nfl the cowboys uh and and you you come off like you said one score vic, one score losses against the defending champions and the cowboys who are who will only have one loss so I think the Patriots are going to play phenomenal. I think they're going to they're going to come out and they're going to play great, and they're going to prove that they're a 500 team. Damn it! <laughs> and, and and I think that I think that's what we predicted from the very beginning of the of the year. You predicted, I predicted it. It'd be something like nine and eight or eight and nine, and uh, and and the, ceiling like at their ceiling like ten and seven. And you're right. This is a yeah. must win in order to get to that ceiling. You got to win this game. You can't, you can't lose this one. So I and I think they'll take care of business. I, I don't think there's any doubt of it or any doubt about it. Um, defensively, they're gonna they're they're gonna pick him off a couple times. Wilson's reckless, and Belichick loves reckless quarterbacks. So uh, I think it'll be a good, good uh, week for New England. Personally, the last time we lost to the Jets was in 2015 in overtime, December 27th, 2015. That's gonna. This is this game's gonna tell us a lot, and the Cowboys game told us a lot as well. We cannot live and die by conservative ball play. We got to go for the biscuit at times. You have to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, so I I was onto something there. <laughs> there's there's quite a bit guaranteed in life. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. So if I had to predict the score to this game, um, I would say. They got twenty six last. They got twenty six last time, and it was like light work because they picked them off three times. I'm gonna say they put at least thirty up. I'm gonna go thirty to ten, Pats. JD, what do you think? I agree with you. No, I think it's gonna be yeah. Like I'd say twenty eight to twenty eight to six, twenty eight to six. Four yeah. touchdowns, no field goals, two field goals for the Jets, and then a bunch of sacks. Ross, I want thirty one six on the board. I want to see thirty one six. This defense versus that team, again, I it might be you know reaching a little bit far, but they got to make a statement in this game. They have to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, if you lose to the Jets, the, you look vulnerable. Jets. Let's be honest. Fuck the Jets. Yeah, I mean, you lose the you lose the Jets. You look like the third the third best team in the in the division instead of the second, and that's not good. You don't want to be in that position. So, I mean, you already lost to the Dolphins once. You're right. No, it's a must win. There's no question about it. Oh man! No, I, All right, I, no, I'm I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. I there's this there's this little gnat that's like crawling around my computer screen, and I squished him, and apparently he was inside the computer screen. So now there's a dead gnat in my computer screen. Oh shit! How's how the fuck does that happen? So, so now there's a de- now, now there's a dead gnat in my computer screen. Great. <laughs> Before we move on, let's talk about the Bears versus Buccaneers. Yeah, let's oh, let's do that because that's that's uh that's a game. That's gonna be that'll be that interesting, man. I I hope I hope that Fields and the offense like just have an uncannily good day because the D is already there. I want to see the Bears challenge the Bucks a little bit. I do. I want to see Justin Fields push push old Tommy Boy to his limit. Leo Mac, Leo Mac, 
take it away. The resident Bears fan. It's all you. This brother. ain't going to be the game, man. This ain't going to be the game, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this ain't going to be it. Uh, this ain't going to be uh fields coming out party. I don't think, I mean, if it is, then, then I'm, I'll be, <clears throat> I'll be the first one jumping up on my table, but uh, I don't think it's going to be it. Vita via uh, Devin white. Uh, they're going to make it tough for him. They're going to make it real tough. Uh, who is it? Delonte David. It's going to be a long day for Justin Fields. It is. Uh, we don't even talk, talk about Tom Brady. At, uh, pff, that defense is going to make Fields have a tough day, man. So uh, I'm worried about that for Fields. I'm. I hope. I hope it doesn't turn into another Brown situation where the coach. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> the coaches and uh, the offensive line just completely fail Fields. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, so I'm. I'm very worried about that. Luckily, Vita Vea is not an outside rusher. He's an inside rusher. So that's where, stre- that's where you guys are strength. Yeah. Is. So, you know, maybe I mean? we have a the chance. Strength of your line is the strength of your line is the center and the two guards. So hopefully, you guys can neutralize some of that. We're not going to be able to. Here's another problem, though. We're not going to be able to hit the screen. This, this is the thing that Bucks. These Bucks have done better than maybe any team that I've seen in years. Uh, is they don't they attack the screens really hard. They don't let you get the middle of the field very often. And it's funny because Brady always gets the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got on the offense, he's just picking you apart in the middle of the field. Now defense, you can't get the middle of the field. That's it's all just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? Another thing wow. the Bucks D is really good at too is is they open field tackle well. I, yeah, there's not I, a lot of there's not a lot of yak from the receivers. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of yards after the catch. They the the corners, the linebackers, they open field tackle really well. So getting yards after the catch, I think, is going to be a real challenge. And that's going to be exactly, and that's going to be a, that's who and who are we going to rely on in that situation? Then it's going to be Justin Fields. So I don't like our prospects uh, next week, but it's a learning experience. Uh, last time we did face the the Bucks, we gave him we gave him hell. Uh, so I mean, the way to beat Brady is to get to Brady. We have the guys to get to Brady, but will Brady release the ball early like he always does whenever people get to him? I mean, he's he's too smart for everybody. I, I it is what it is. We we will. I I have low expectations. My my actual expectations are fourteen to twenty eight. The Bucks win. Uh, and if we get 14 points, I'll be pretty happy with that. Honestly, I don't think this is a game that we can just expect to win. You know what I would like to see? That I'd like to see. I'd like to see Chicago put a fight up. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Bears make Tom earn. If he if he has to earn 27 points, and it takes him every bit of the game to do. You know what I mean? If he's like, because you know, let's be honest, right? There are games where Tom's just like just out there to manage the offense Easy. in the fourth quarter. But if he's actually got to play through the entire last whistle, like, sure, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to lose, <clears throat> make it, make as make Tom as make Tom work as hard as possible. If that's going to happen, fields is going to have to put some damn points on the board right away. It's yeah, going to have to happen early. Like if that's going to happen, if it, then maybe we'll see something, but I don't know. We'll see. I I have low expectations and high hopes. <laughs> well, that way, if something really good happens, you'll be like five times as happy. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and the last thing we'll talk about before we move on really quick, we got to go to the trash trash truck game of the week, and that is the Falcons versus the Dolphins. 
Let's all get a little <laughs> bit of a laugh and let's just enjoy that at least. A that bit. is, that's a roll. That's, that's a, that's a rolling, uh, uh, that, yeah, that, that's a trash truck versus a rolling dumpster fire. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm looking at a game where it's going to be like, like we're looking at seven to nine, you know, <laughs> this, these two teams, my Lord, cannot use their talent to save their lives. This my might God. be the first tie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts, JD, on Falcons versus Dolphins? I got the Dolphins. Um, it, it is going to be a bad game. Uh, I got the Dolphins. I the Falcons have like no talent in anywhere. They have no talent anywhere. Even, uh, even Matt Ryan is is on the down. He's deteriorating. Now. Yeah, he, yeah. Even so. he's deteriorating now because he was like one yeah. of the lone bright spots, and even he's going down now. He peaked with that. Uh, well, when was it? It was a oh, man. I'm trying to think of his name. There was that really good receiver, and then there was Julio Jones. They were together, and then Mohamed they made Sanu? that Super Bowl run. Oh, Sanu Mohamed. was in that team too. No, there was one more. Oh, anyway, regardless, uh, he had uh, well. They the had Ridley Super Bowl too. year to me was his was his peak that That's year. It. And then once he hit that, it was kind of slowly downhill. I mean, the next few years weren't too bad, but ever since then, it's been it's been downhill. So I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> it, it's not great. I'm going to, since I can't pick the players, since I don't really know who's going to start, I mean, is Brissett starting? Who's the starter? Is it Brissett this week? Or is it <laughs> Togolayova? Who is question. it? I think Brissett is I don't out. Think it, I don't think it's Brissett's out. Okay. Then I don't even know who's a starter. I don't think uh, it's Well, in that case, I'm, I'm going to go, go Falcons, Falcons, actually. Yeah, I'll go, go Falcons. Falcons. If it was Brissett, I would pick the Dolphins. But The two main reasons I will say the Falcons are going to win this dumpster fire of a game. Okay. What does the Falcons do? One thing they do better than the New England Patriots. They throw uh, their stupid tight ends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Pitts had nine receptions for 119 <laughs> yards against the Jets. I like the linebackers in Dolphins, too. Yep. Um, I just think, look at this. I mean, it's like, you, you guys do know who they're running back, Mike Davis, right? Yes. He, he averages almost consistently between four and five yards a run, okay? And then you got Kyle Pitts on the outside just catching anything they throw. Nine that. receptions. Um, I, I think this is going to be a win for the Falcons, but it's going to be a hard dumpster fire worth of mistakes, penalties. It's going to be fun to watch. But I, I give Falcons by at least a touchdown. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> gonna, oh, you, know, you know why people are going to watch that game? Because it's the same reason why they drive by a car crash slow and look at it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, you can see talented so, players th- in is, that situation. This is, this is, the, uh, this is the part of the, the show where I lose my mind. And it's rant time. Go for it. <laughs> Ross. My friend, hold on. Getting that lovely image up for you. Let's get that ready for you. 
We got to put this whole thing into perspective right here. All right. right. So let's, uh, let's talk some Red Sox here for a second, Ross. Let's, let's talk some Red Sox. Me and you both being from, from the area, from Massachusetts, um, and Red Sox fans, uh, a good word to, a good word to describe the last, I don't know what three games maybe would be, uh, pain and implosion and, and lots of it. Yeah. And implosion would be another one, but pain and, uh, would, would probably be, be a good one there. Um, the, the Sox are wildly inconsistent. They, they, it, it's looking more and more like they expended all their energy getting here. And now they have nothing left. Now they have nothing left. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost nine to one last night and it was the, we, we got the best performance I've seen out of Chris sale all year. That is what, that is what Red Sox fans are used to seeing out of Chris sale. 97, 96 mile an hour fastball, um, locating on the corners, you know, place ball placement really well. The slider working, the curveball working, um, the changeup, you know, working, um, just, just vintage Chris sale. Now, prior to that game, his postseason ERA was 14.72. That's not good. That that's, that's historically, historically bad. Um, there have been, there's been more than one occasion, Ross, where I've been watching a game and, and calling the game and, I want to reach through my television and grab Cora and just yoke the life out of him. <laughs> or or JD Martinez just 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 yoke the life out of him. Right? Like um another one, Hunter Renfro. Hunter oh. Renfro, Hunter Renfro is one for thirty-two. Yep. One for 32 right now. That's not mm. cool, man. Nope. And and although Chris Sale, Chris Sale pitched extremely well last night, vintage Chris Sale, very, very good outing, right? 14.72 as a postseason ERA for a guy who makes $29 million is unacceptable. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Unacceptable. Granted, we got a good night from him last night. Thank that was that was a shame that those. I dude, if it was up to me and I was Alex Cora, players would be crapping my boot leather for a week because they the hitting just did not. It's a nope. shame that the hitting did not show up last night from for him because he pitched really really well, and it's so. Let me let me let me go over this, right? I, I, let me just throw some numbers at you. All right. Let me let me throw some numbers at you. I gotta I gotta I I gotta bring them up here for a second. So bear with me here, guys. Live. This is what you get for with live with live stuff. I gotta pull these numbers up real quick. Take your I was time. Too busy. I, 
Uh, so, Kike Hernandez, right? So let, let's start with, let's uh, hold on. Let's we'll start with him. Where where is this? All right, Kike Hernandez. What counting last night? O for six, right? So Kike, this is just Kike. So Kike's O for six counting last night. The last two games. JD JD last night, 0 for 3. Renfro last night, 0 for 3. Devers last night, 0 for 3. Verdugo, 0 for 3. The Sox have had six hits in two games. That's, dude, that smells. That's terrible. That is awful. That That's, that's historically bad. You... you that that game last night was as close to a must win as possible as close to a must win as possible and the Sox just absolutely crapped the bed like the 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 hitting the hitting just crapped the bed and they got no support Houston Houston has all of the momentum right now they have all of the momentum they have got to get one game and it's over yep. they win one of the next two games and it's freaking over. Season over. Goodbye. See ya. Back to back to doing whatever. No more Red Sox. Like they they, they have put themselves behind the eight ball. It is just they, they, there's once once again it, this this team shows no heart, no drive, no balls, no fight. Like like oh mm, like like dude. Once How many like, innings like, like between I said before, the last? Game? I was you're I was very lucky that there was no, there was nothing for me to throw because I was there like, um, like there was nothing. The hitters had nothing. It was and let let's get this straight right now that we have a we have an Astro fan in the chat and I would like to ask just one. So Christian Javier. Right, the guy who pitched, the guy who pitched, um, the other night, Christian Javier, is a 24-year-old kid. Came in and absolutely mowed the Red Sox down for three innings. They, the Astro, like the Astro, that kid from the Astros, Christian Javier, absolutely took them to school. Uh, I am beyond upset with this, um. And let's so that's my thoughts on this series so far, Rush. Just wildly inconsistent and just just no drive. Now I do have there's a part B to this rant coming up, but mm-hmm. I want to get your just thoughts um on on what you because you were there and you witnessed yeah. it in person. So mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on on it and just just see what you feel. I, I'm not very happy. So, so Beantown, so, Beantown sad face. Beantown sad yeah. face right now. So the idea is, what do we want to touch on first? The 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 batting situation where between two games we didn't get a single run for fourteen innings. Do we want to touch on the in-game management decisions that completely turned this whole series around for the Astros, or do we want to talk about the Red Sox players who? Give less respect to the Red Sox fans than Altuve at the end of a ball game. Like, now, which do we want to touch on first? 
because there's so, so many say, things let's to save break the, down. Uh, about let's this save, team. let's save the Altuve and the Red Sox fan stuff yeah. to the end because that that was going to be my my ending yeah. rant with it because it's yeah we probably just saw the the so last Red things. Sox we probably just saw the last Red Sox home game to be honest. Yep. So, and I hate being a and I'm usually not a pessimist. I try to keep it as real as I can, but we probably just witnessed the last Red Sox home game of the season yesterday. Yeah, um I can't disagree. So let's talk um, about let's talk about the game changing moments. Yep. Okay, let's let's, let's hit those game changing moments. Okay. Altuve. Okay. He's been hot all season and even hotter in the postseason. Why on earth, Cora, do you challenge him with fastballs? Why on earth do you not pitch around the one guy who's been our death nail in multiple games from preseason to postseason? Like, I just don't get it. All teams do it to keep themselves an advantage. If in game three, we did not pitch to Altuve and walked him, he would never gotten that home run and they would never gotten the juice to win that game going forward. I can't make excuses for the bats. But I can not especially make excuses when they decide to a pitch to a guy who is red hot, red hot. Correa as well, man. They pitched to both. They yep. they they decided to challenge the two best hitters in the lineup with fastballs, and the Astros hit fastballs better than anybody in the league. And again, and let's let's get one monkey off of our back, okay? No matter if the Astros are cheating, it does not change the fact that we can't hit a baseball as well. You know, Cora, knowing with our slump with our batters, should have put those pitchers in every position to win. Take a walk and let the most dangerous guys just let him be a base runner because half the rest of the team was choking on the Astros. We gave them life back, and now they're going to make us pay for it. Peekaboo, <laughs> you're on live TV. <laughs> she goes, oh, my God. <laughs> I told her. I was like, hey, you're on now. Oh, she don't care. <laughs> this is live TV. <laughs> it was it, – it's it, – it's, the only thing I would say about the game is uh, so many people – so many people did not expect the Reds, including you, Bobby. You did not expect the Red Sox to get this far. I put them. So at it's impressive that they got that far. Wins at the be- Remember, we were talking at the beginning of the season, eighty-five wins. That's what I said. Right, eighty-five to eighty-seven wins. So, yeah, I mean, if they even make it that far, that's impressive. I mean, if they if they even if they make it to a game seven, that'd be a hell I mean, of an accomplishment. Like they're playing with house money. You know what I mean? Like they're playing with house money. They they have been for a while now. Yeah, exactly. That's what they and, have to. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. We've been playing with house money, and all of a sudden we picked the worst four innings to go into a slump with our whole batting lineup. The worst time possible to go into a slump. And I'm tired of on base guys trying to swing for the fences. I don't know who the batting coach is, and I don't know who makes these calls. But at the end of the day, if I see another hit into a double play or another high fly ball to center field that gets caught, I swear to God, I'm going to put my fist through my TV. 
we had, I'm telling you, we, bro, we, I had to, I had to purposely put like beer bottles and like the remote far away from me because I knew by like inning number seven, I'd be wanting to throw that some bitch. Bobby, we had three hits through an entire postseason game. No team can win a ball game that way. Not a single team. And let's not like let's and let's be honest here. Like I I don't like being negative about the Sox. I love the Sox, man. They're 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 like it's just they make it really hard to like get into like like three hits th- like six hits through two games is not going to win you. The Astros are freaking stacked. Look at that lineup. You got Gurriel, you got Brantley, you got Alvarez, you got Correa, Tucker. Altuve, one through seven, can absolutely hit the cover off the baseball on that on that squad. And not only can they, they 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 can all do it, and they can all do it consistently. At one through seven, are dangerous in that lineup. And so, if you're not, if your offense doesn't come to play, there the score is going to be what it is down here, nine to one in favor of of. The, the Astros, that score is going to look the exact same nine, eight to nine out of 10 games that you play. Like they're the Astros are too good of an offensive team to not show up offensively. They will torch you. And especially when we make bad decisions in game time to not pitch around certain players is just categorically terrible on the coaching aspect of this game. See now, it was now, a shocking score. And, and here's the thing too: like, like the the news, the Boston news is coming out about all this, like the like Ooh. whistling stuff and all this cheating stuff. I, I, there's dude to be. I'm a listen. I'm a Red Sox fan, and do I not like the Astros? No, I don't like the Astros. Fuck the Astros, right? Just like every other Boston fan, right? But I don't think they're cheating. I just think they just whooped our ass, plain and simple. But you. Ha- the cheating problem is okay. Say it's even a thing. The I'm just is, saying, dude. I I don't think I don't think they did anything out of. I I watched all the little clips and the bits of footage that everybody was showing. I heard and saw nothing. The, but it does. Ross, we, we just have to admit it. The Astros just whooped our ass, plain and yeah. simple. Like they they are the better team, and they just whooped our ass. Yeah. You can't win any sort of game if you're only getting three hits. Like, three hits. How? New game, though, tomorrow, right? So Yeah. We'll see what's up. Maybe push it to a game seven. But it, it's – that's like, as Red Sox fans, like, you, I, I've watched all the footage over and over and over again. I, I've heard and saw nothing that says they were doing anything stupid. Or even remotely trying to do anything stupid, like like, dude, they just whooped our ass, plain, plain and and simple. Like they they were just that that Astro team one through seven is hitting like three hundred. All those guys, that's unheard of, offensively on a team that's unheard of. Like they, they are hitting the freaking cover off the ball. Other coach cases, screw that, close that out tomorrow. Oh, because <laughs> he's rooting for Houston, I see. 
I yeah, see what's Astros going on. They're always going to be number one in my heart. <laughs> we will see, man. We will see. It's going to be interesting. And honestly, I think the World Series will be more interesting than it has been in a few years, too. So, and, and Ross just brought up another point, too. He's 14 innings, J.D., without a run scored. 14 my God. innings in the last two games without a run scored. That's like a full game without scoring a single offensive run. You can't. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like you, the offense has to see. Here's the. You know what the major difference is between between the Sox and the Astros. The Astros can make mistakes in this series, and they're good enough to make up for it and still win the game. We, on the other hand, have got to play perfect every single game to beat the Astros. You were talking about, I think, in episode one about that. How they just didn't quite have the batting talent and they needed to invest in some people and they didn't invest in people. And what if they would have? I mean, maybe they would be already in the maybe they were would be up for two at this point. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh, it's there's there's a lot of decisions that kind of led, you know, that led us here. Now, let's get to the last one, Ross, that you had mentioned. Now I don't like Jose Altuve. I don't like like him <clears throat> as a person. That little freaking smurf aggravates the hell out of me. And I just want to take my size 14 booted step on him. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but right, as a batter and as a player, I respect the dude. Um, and he did get a little bit of respect back from me, and I'm gonna explain why. Right? I think he's a little yep. twerp, a little smurf. You know, and I and I don't like, but like, he did get a little respect back from me. Now, um, but first, first, as a player, the dude is stupid good. I mean, stupid good. One of the best, one of the best ball players in the league. Straight up, talent wise, ball players, grit, the the guts. You know, the to like. That home run that he hit changed the tide. It changed the tide of the series. He opened up the floodgates with that home run. That momentum instantly went to their side. He's he's really, really good. Like, really good. Mm-hmm. And he also got a little bit of respect back from me because the dude's on an opposing team in hostile territory. And let's be honest, Ross. Fenway, in the playoffs, if you guys have – if you've not been there – one, I suggest you go just for the atmosphere because is it it is insane. Incredible. It's a hostile yeah. environment. If you're playing on the away team and you're going into Fenway, it's a hostile environment. It's not a friendly they, environment. It's they literally the threw part, a beer not. at one of the officials. Like they it, there was literally a guy got ejected for throwing a beer at a referee. at one of the umpires. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, umpires. Yeah. It's not a it's not a it's a hostile environment to play in. Jose Altuve, before the game, when they were hitting, when they were taking batting practice, took about 15 to 20 minutes after he hit and went over to the to the dugout, to the stands, um, and and uh, and signed signed baseballs and and shook hands and gave a bunch of Red Sox fans that were kids a bunch of fist bumps and signed. He went over there and took 15, 20 minutes out of, you know, the guy didn't have to do that. And he went over there and he was actually paying attention to the fans of the opposite team. So I give him, I tip my cap to that little Smurf that, you know, well yep. done, dude. 
you know, that's that's a show of a little bit of class there. Yeah, but at the end of the day, damns this Red Sox and he, core. But, I mean, he signed, like, three or four baseballs, gave a bunch of kids, like, the fist bump, talked to a few of them, like, just, just acted like a good dude, you know? And mm-hmm. the saddest part, Ross, is I've – so we've been I've, we've been to a few games. But we've been to a couple yep. of games. It seems like the Sox players themselves aren't too interested in their own fan base, and that pisses me off because we pay their damn salaries. They couldn't take – I didn't see them taking half the interest. Like, mm-hmm. that's – to me, that's disappointing. That's, that's, that's an attitude in a clubhouse and a locker room thing. Like, they need to – that's – that's not good. Let's just let's just put it this way. I've been so to I'll 10 let games you, this Ross, year. I'll, I'll let you talk. That's my little like that's yep. my little piff about it. Like I just that that rubbed me the wrong way there. To see Altuve show some class and and take the time for Red Sox fans and Red Sox players couldn't do that. Like no, that that ain't nope. cool, dude. That's that's no. not cool. So my, I'll give Verdugo a pass because he was one of the few that stepped outside and actually went out and talked to fans, signed merchandise, and generally was he was that person that kind of made the example. But every other player, and I've been to 10 games, my wife been to 20, not once did any of the Red Sox players come out, sign balls. And I've been, to three, I've been to three with you, and we didn't see any of it. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, I give more respect to Altuve for his appreciation of the fans and even opposing fans than Red Sox have ever given to their own fan base. I don't like, again, I don't like this team personally. I don't like their mentality. I don't like the fact that they don't respect the fan base that spends tons of money just to make it to a game. And they can't even come on wave after they beat the Yankees, you know, in a do or die game. I'm sorry. It's just, I have no remorse if they decide to implode this team next year and just keep a few valuable pieces. I, I, I just, I have never seen a team this disingenuous to their fan base ever. And this is, this is Boston baseball. This is, the most diehard fans you'll ever meet and they have taken us for granted. And I don't think I'll be buying many tickets next season. If this continues. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good, man. To see Altuve do that more than the, than the Sox player, like Verdugo, I give him a pass. That dude spends like, like that dude gives everything he can to the fans. It's the, he's one of the, he's one of the few that, that actually like, acknowledges them and he'll play catch with the, 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 you know what I mean? Like he'll play catch with them in an outfield. He, I mean, it's, it's, there's not, yeah. there's quite, there's not, there's not a lot of them that, that actually acknowledge the fan base. And that's it's disappointing. Well, coming from like JD, like JD, you can still hear me, right? Um, tell me Absolutely. about if you, if you had to deal with a team that didn't appreciate their fans, because when I see at the end of bears games, Cubs games, mm-hmm. even the Bulls games, they live and die by their fans. How would you oh, yeah. feel as a ticket holder to look at it and see your team never once leave the dugout or ever even recognize the fans at any point? What would that do to your franchise or your fan base? 
I just don't think that would ever go. That ever that, that couldn't fly for long in Chicago, um, <clears throat> especially from especially from the Bears. Especially, uh, I could see maybe the White Sox, uh, maybe being like that. They are on a more dangerous area of town. I could see them not wanting to engage with a lot of people. Um, but they seem to, you know what? It's actually, I say that yet. I I think they do engage a lot with their fans. Um, but that's a little bit different on the North side though. Oh my God. If the Cubs, if the Cubs players didn't do that, they would get torched. They would get, there would be a local stigma again. They'd probably get traded. So, cause Wrigleyville. Yeah. That's especially, it's especially small. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, Wrigley field, it's especially small. So like, yeah, you, the players are like right next to the fans. Um, I remember I, when I was a kid, I yelled at Sammy Sosa. I was like, "Hey, Sammy, you're awesome!" And he and he just pointed at me. He's like, "Yeah, kid, or whatever." It's <laughs> just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't do that, like, you're not gonna get be, be beloved in Chicago. And Sosa was beloved. So um, I, I can, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, my big thing is I can accept losing, but what I can't accept is a ball club or a team that doesn't give a rat's ass about its fans. And yeah, that's what this Red fans. Sox ball, yeah, that's what this Red Sox ball club has shown me. And at this point, I'd rather have a middling team that cares about its fans and makes me want to go to games than a team that's so, so far of its own ass and egotistical that they believe they're better than their fans. I want this team. Like, again, I don't care if they go to the World Series. I don't like this team personally. And I know Boston is all about winning. But also the people who shelled out hundreds of dollars just to get a seat in your stadium, and you can't give them a wave or a baseball. It right. disgusts me. I'm disgusted with this team. And honestly, you don't have to say you don't have to say anything to to like 99 of fans, but you have to do you have to give like you have to do something for the kids. In my opinion, if you're a professional yeah. athlete, if, that's yeah. like your only job. Like literally, they don't do it. They don't do it in Boston. They don't even sign balls anymore. You get then you've early- lost the no. spirit of the game. Like, yeah, like Altuve, I, seriously, I'm not even kidding, right? Altuve took batting practice, right? And then walked over to where, like, his, like, dugout ended. And there was a bunch of Sox, like, bunch of Sox kids, like, Sox fans, like, that were just standing there. And he was leaning against the dugout and probably talking to him for, I don't know, five to ten minutes. And then he signed three baseballs and gave, you know, five or six of them a fist bump and then left. Like, the, but the dude spent That's what 15, baseball's about. The dude spent, like, 15 minutes just interacting mm-hmm. with fans there like and he's an opposing player that's a real pro right there that's a true pro so it's i mean you got to give him props you can say what you want about him but you got to do something for the kids man if you're a professional athlete you paid millions of dollars I, I, I you got to do something for the kids respect, i respected him for that for being in a hostile area a hostile environment like that and still being like yeah man these kids are they come out to see baseball and let's you know, let's play some base. You know what I mean? Give them a moment in, in their yeah. life. That's the least they could do for all the millions they get paid. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it was just sad to see that some of the, most of the sock, most of the Sox players don't do that. And it's sad. It is. It's sad. No, that's a travesty, especially when you're an iconic franchise like the Red Sox. I mean, my gosh, that's just a travesty. It, it, it's just not cool. It's just not cool. That's all. It's, it's I, nice, I, I have no hard feelings if they want to say goodbye to half the team, even if we win the World Damn. Series. That's where go. I'm at. <laughs> 20, 20 games in and not a single ball signed 
for anything that I've seen as a team that cares about their fans. Yeah. But that was a good show, man. We we amazing a lot today. That was guys, I think wow. a dozen topics that we that we got through. Um, as always, guys. You know, for me, for the executive producer there with the graphics, <laughs> and for JD, I think we can speak for I think I can speak for all three of us when I say that we thoroughly enjoy hanging out with you guys and doing this podcast. Hundred percent. And uh, um, we thank you. We definitely thank you guys for the for the support. Now, if you're listening back on iHeart, the show can be seen live on YouTube on Beantown Breakdown. Um, that's where it's broadcast live. It's usually a two and a half hour show, two to two and a half hours, somewhere in between there. Um, you can get in, you can, you know, if you watch the live show, you can actually ask us a question live. And um, we try to do the very best we can to answer a lot of the chat's questions. Um, but there's a lot of good people that watch the live show that are in the chats. Um, so if you want to, you can check that out. Once again, it's on Beantown Breakdown. Now, if you want to share a specific clip of the show, um, JD has the uh, I-90 Sports Talk uh, channel on YouTube as well. That's I-90 Sports Talk. And the show is cut up and edited and clipped up. All the different segments are separate. So you can just click on the segment, share the segment, and, you know, share it out that way. Or or just you can watch a specific – you can watch the specific segments in a, in a row that way. Um, but once again, that's the edited, that's the edited chopped up version. And the whole version of the show is, like I said, broadcast on Beantown Breakdown. And once again, guys, we, we thank all of the listeners on iHeart as well. And if you're interested on, you know, in, on watching the show live, come on over. It's, it's, it's Beantown Breakdown. Just drop the subscription and you'll get the notification, uh, you know, turn the notification bell on. So, you know, when it goes live and you can participate in the, in the live broadcast, but that's all we Absolutely. we got for you guys uh, today. Hopefully, we uh, we get a Bears win, a Pats win, a Red Sox continuation of the ALCS. Hopefully, they can win tomorrow and push Game Seven. Um, but for that, guys, once again, JD, what you got, brother? Bear down, let's go. Woo, let's go. Let's take down the Bucks. <laughs> also, see red. We got to see red all season. All right. For them both, the Bears and the Bulls. Bears and the Bulls. Let's get them. And then once, so right. like I said, Great guys, hopefully, hopefully we get a, a big big sports day in Chicago, big sports day in Boston, and our teams get the dubs. But for episode 15, guys, that is a wrap. We love y'all. We appreciate all the support. For me, JD, and Ross, we are out of here, guys. Everybody love has guys. a fantastic well, evening. Thanks, guys. And we are are 